3: Micah Shrewsbury reportedly in the mix for the Notre Dame job.
0: Am I allowed to take off my shirt if he gets that job in studio? Well, will you have another one on underneath it? Uh, I would, would probably just go bare skin.
3: Are you Are you going to, like, paint your chest for it? Yeah. The, I don't know. I think there's I was a bit college, of a hair seven, situation seven, that could run into in an issue. And no PBR, no longs. People are going to be disappointed, right? Um, I mean, I am. Obviously, those words Not were, about the shirt part.
0: Yeah, uh, those words were said yesterday, um, and I feel like I try to be a man of integrity and try to be one that follows through, and, and actions certainly speak louder than words. So, Jake, if you don't mind, I will go bearskin. Oh, boy. Yeah. Sam, are you good at this? Yep. Yep. Right here. And I'll probably just leave the jacket on the chair just in case, you know, JMV or Jimmy Cook sits in the chair afterwards with this. And I do have – I might put the jacket on. I'm going to go what run to – The YouTube gonna go,
4: okay. audience is having uh, going to have a field day with I'm this. I'm going to go run to the break room and grab, grab
0: something. So you two, just go ahead and chat for just a second, okay? I'll be right back.
3: I'd like everybody to know. It's 7.01 a.m i've I've never seen Kevin shirtless. We've done the show together for one year. We have not done like trips together to Florida or any warm locale last year in the summertime on weekends typically I'm gone at an IndyCar race so we don't go to like the pool and that that is now burnt into my retina um.
0: Make sure, uh, make sure no one in HR was out in the break room.
3: All good on that end. Kevin has removed his jacket and he's shirtless. I, 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 Keeping it on the chair for good
0: sanity purposes.
3: You look like George Costanza coming out of the bathroom.
4: Sam, uh, would, you, would you like a donut? I can't wait for tomorrow for the first episode of Sam and Quarry. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Kevin. That body looks like these are the first
3: donuts you've ever had.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I had someone one time in the YouTube chat say... Kevin Bowen looks like his diet is beer and cheese, and I'm like, well, that's kind of accurate. Jake, here you go.
3: Okay. Well, thank you. So th- there we go. We do- so for those that are just joining the program, and and I can see why. Um, Sam? Uh, please, yeah. Kevin had made reference to the fact that he would bring in Longs and go shirtless to celebrate if Micah Shrewsbury is hired as the head basketball coach at Notre Dame. And, in fact, the former Cathedral Hanover College star – and rather circuitous coaching route that most recently took Penn State to the NCAA tournament, now headed to to South What a (laughs) way to start a Thursday, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. You know you look like Frank the Tank. That's, I, that's one of the biggest compliments that I've... Well, greatest, I, biggest, sure. But how's certainly the greatest. Is it great when it hits your lips? Absolutely amazing. <laughs> you
0: know what I did uh, uh, at Long's today? I actually had my shirt on for, uh, for the trip hope. there. You know, Max was a little fussy this morning, so uh, where I was kind of in scramble yeah, Am I mode. Allowed
3: to post a photo here? Well,
0: can you kind of... Maybe <laughs> maybe get the best angle okay. that I have here. <laughs> well, can you, you get the Long's in the photo at least? <laughs> The
3: Longs is in the photo.
0: <laughs> God, that tastes so good.
3: Mm. <laughs> Once it hits your lips, right? Unreal. <laughs> um, okay. But
0: what I did at Longs today, I did, uh, again, I was kind of in scramble mode, rushing to get out the door. I went call ahead. I was driving. I was like, you know what? I saw someone walk in there a couple weeks ago when, you know, I was there to collect the donuts after the Pacers 30 win bet. I was like, wow. I didn't know you could go, you know, little, uh, call ahead so i did pick up order in and out of longs now i know some people might be disappointed about the lack of pbr um full transparency i certainly had a cold one last night um and then realized you're out of it <laughs> well uh there are one more in the downstairs fridge but jake i am teaching a class at bloomington later today and i just felt you know what i don't know if the old pbr in the system heading down 37 uh before teaching college it actually might fit in pretty well but um, I decided to hold off on that. So uh, we're going to go shirts and skins today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, again, you think j and will be a little frustrated? I, I, I got the jacket on, right, just to make sure that he likes to switch chairs uh, throughout the studio. He doesn't like to sit on a warm seat, I believe is what he's said quite often. So I hope that our, you know,
3: we do have a two-hour
4: break after our show until the noon show. I, I, I
3: have never been more thankful that I wore a hat than today. Hang on.
4: It's really rare for somebody to be this bold and also this considerate at the same time. Thank, well, Sam, I take that as a compliment. I take that as a compliment.
3: Does this look weird the way that my hat is? This is actually perfect because now I have no peripheral vision. You
0: try not to look at me.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't see you. Were you talking to me? uh, What about
0: eye contact here? You know, read body language from your partner? I no, thought that's I, what's turned I us into don't one know. of the
3: I don't know top that, 22 shows in the yeah, mid-market. I don't know, Kevin, that body language is what I'm going for this morning. If you're right? seeing
4: this live on YouTube, this just looks like a meltdown. You have Jake with a sideways hat and then Kevin shirtless <laughs> eating I, a donut. I'd
3: like, I'd like the record to state that I prefer this morning's body language to be celebrating yesterday's 100th birthday of Marcel Marceau, as in like, <laughs> Silent. Oh, right
0: gosh that tastes so good Um uh, and, and you know to be totally honest with you guys if you're gonna go skins this is the first day of 2023 to go skins it's balmy out there folks it is the car was fogging up big time on the drive-in
3: well i wonder why yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: About, <laughs> i think it was 59 in the old temperature gauge first
3: time something shirtless has fogged up your car kev
0: Gosh! Now that I'm looking at myself in the camera, we could definitely hit the old uh, <laughs> we could we could hit the old upper body workout here. I mean, listen, a time or two. You're, you're I am dad. I am very happy right now. <laughs> I'm very happy about Micah Shrewsbury. I I am thrilled, Jake. I I don't know if it's like apples to apples, but Notre Dame basketball and IU football, I think, have a lot of similarities. You know, will the athletic department at those respective schools make a commitment to the second program, if you will? Basketball in Bloomington speaks for itself. Football in South Bend speaks for itself. And in Michael Shrewsbury's case, a buyout that reportedly was close to $4 million and a seven-year contract, that's a pretty big commitment by Jack Swarbrick. So for that reason, that makes me extra happy. And then also, Shrewsbury has great ties, obviously, throughout the state. And Penn State, uh, I love the way they play. I think it's a very modern, fun style, which the fan base can gravitate towards. I think players enjoy playing. Um, I think it's what wins in today's basketball.
3: Now, now I'm you're, thrilled. You're not doing this all
0: three hours, are you? Well, I mean, I feel like the temperature is pretty good in here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sam, are you. Uh, look, am are you I offended? comfortable with it? Sure, but can I, should I warn you that right around nine o'clock is when people will actually start coming into the office? I know I am bored. I do feel bad about the uh, janitorial lady that comes around. I'm thinking to myself, "Oh boy, should
0: we
3: close the door?" You know how good logs are. So good Longs are so good that my lack of appetite for my peripheral vision is not impacted.
0: Now, I, are those in the YouTube chat asking for me to lower the camera to get a full chest shot, Sam, or are they content with the? You know, kind of upper sternum shot so far.
4: Uh, I don't think we've had necessarily any requests for hmm. you to, there's just somebody sent just a stop sign, just a picture of a stop sign. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, uh, not sure al- how to interpret that. We've also got somebody saying. Now, I want to be, be clear here, Kevin, so that I want, I,
3: just for the clarity of people, that's without steroids, right? Mm, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay.
4: QC kinetics, no, no steroid right. shots. Yeah, nothing. I wanted uh, to make sure people right. were aware. Save some ladies for the rest of us, Kevin. Thank you. To be honest, you are being praised. Like, the YouTube chat is in love with this. Well, you know what? I am in love with Micah Shrewsbury. Um, So, yeah, we could chat about that today. We'll see
0: how long we can stay on track here for the next three hours. Uh, Scott Agnes going to join us at 8.30. Zach Kiefer at 9. North of the border last night, the Pacers got a really nice win. And I think, you know, at this point of the season, Jake, you get into a lot of these situations where there is a – I would say probably a large chunk of the fan base that don't doesn't really care about wins and losses. Totally get that. But if you are going to win games, last night is like one of the games to win, where you're on the road, you haven't won there, and I, I couldn't believe when Chris Denary said they hadn't won there since 2013 yeah, in, a, that was a in a regular season game. But who were the guys making the plays late? It was Andrew Nemhard and Benedict Matherin. And if you're going to be in those moments and you're going to make the winning plays, you want your young, and in that case, Neesmith as well, but especially Nemhard last night, your rookie stepped up. And that's got to be pretty cool for guys like Nemhard and Matherin and O'Shea set to win that game
3: in, a, uh, in an arena you've Historic. obviously watched a lot of basketball. You know game, that, nothing. right? First time that three Canadians have ever started an NBA game on the same roster. I saw that. And I was surprised, <clears throat> quite frankly, that that was the first time those three have started for the Pacers. I mean, I thought, well, surely this year... Was that like a move to like... I wondered about that. It was like a senior night walk-on type move. Kind of, yeah.
0: Was that like a half tank? That's a good question.
3: I mean, certainly you would think that the fact they were in Toronto, that probably came into play. I'm trying my hardest here to professionally carry on and and just pretend like this isn't happening. Um hard with that shot, how about that shot he hit? I know. Yeah, a dagger
0: from the left wing to pretty much ice it there. It's like a
3: Euro step back, right? Yeah.
0: And and you know what? He played so poorly Monday night. They had a ton of turnovers down in Charlotte. Um, I think it's been a common theme with Matherin this year. Like, we've seen him bounce back. When he has had those kind of handful of rough games or even a rough half, he's bounced back really nicely. And that's such an important quality, I think, to find certainly in any athlete. And you're always curious how young guys – Will handle those situations and Nemhard was terrific in that last night. And again, Matherin, he had 15 points, perfect three of three from behind the arc, got to the foul line, perfect there. He's been really efficient since coming back from injury. Um, And and this is one of those things where you look at the standings, Jake, and I mean, the door is not shut to making the play in. They are, no, I know, they are kind of
3: lurking. Nine games to go. If they make the play in, will you put your shirt back on?
0: Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cuz I I think that's a bad thing.
3: Making the plan. Oh, so so long as things go well, you're just shirtless Kevin mm-hmm. for the Like here if Tiger
0: out. Woods wins the Masters here in a few weeks, Jake, boy. Ugh. It's 50-50 on if any clothing will be on.
3: <laughs> Do we save that audio too, Sam?
4: I'm saving. We I think tomorrow we just run this whole first segment <laughs> again.
3: You have a squirrel in your chest, by the way. Um can I get back to? I have a question for you about Shrewsbury. Some great composure that you are showing
0: here, by the way. Thank you.
3: Yes, I, uh-huh. I, I thought about you know. I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, I try to be a professional, Ken. I I'm, I thought about this this morning, and I it's going to sound like I am saying this to question Thad Mata. I am not, but I can't recall when when Mata when when Laval Jordan was let go at Butler. Was Shrewsbury's name mentioned? It had to have at least been mentioned, right? It's a good question.
0: Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but wasn't it like very quickly Thad Mata was yes. the guy? Yeah. Like, we didn't get a very like drawn-out like, process. Yeah. Wasn't Laval Jordan fired like almost the end of March? Wasn't there some sort of like buyout situation that's right. where it's right. it like Final Four weekend? Uh, because I remember an issue kind of being you've left a lot of Laval Jordan assistants out to dry. Yeah. Uh, but the Micah Shrewsbury resume, Jake. He is. This will now be the seventh college in the state of Indiana he has either played or coached at. Again, Cathedral grad. Went to Hanover. Assistant at Wabash and DePaul. So he's got both of the Monon Bell in his resume. A head coach at IU South Bend. To your point, he came to Butler to be an assistant. Then he joined Matt Painter at Purdue, and then his longest stint was with the Celtics. He was with Brad Stevens in Boston. I believe six seasons came back to Purdue for a couple years and then has been at Penn State um, for the last few seasons. I I think something that excites me clearly about a Notre Dame basketball fan, Jake, is this Notre Dame under Mike Bray did a really poor job recruiting the state of Indiana outside of South Bend. And in particular, I didn't think they tapped into Indianapolis and Chicago enough. You know, Bray had a great Washington, D.C. pipeline. Um, He had a bit of an East Coast pipeline as well. But I think if you look at players from the state of Indiana, like they got Luke Heron gody I mean, that's somewhat, you know, that's in the region, of course. They got a VJ Beachum out of Fort Wayne. They didn't recruit Indianapolis. And and again, I'll throw Chicago in there as well, um, to the point that I would like to have seen them do so. I'm hoping that given Shrewsbury's connections throughout the state, um, he will have the ability to do that. I did find it interesting last night that Jordan Cornett, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, um, played at Notre Dame for Mike Bray, was on those early Bray teams. It was actually a Matt Doherty commit before, along with Chris Thomas. Again, Chris Thomas falls in the Matt Doherty commit, not the Mike Bray commit. But Jordan Cornette mentioned last night that when he met with Jack Swarbrick, their AD. A month ago, so this is before Penn State's Big Ten tournament run, before them winning a game in the tournament, um, Jack Sorbrick Sw- said to Jordan Cornette, Micah Shrewsbury is our number one guy. And that was going to be the person that they were going to go after. Um, you think
3: Notre Dame's that much better of a job than Penn State? I was thinking about that as well. Um, let's begin with this. All things given equal, Kevin, if they were equal, I'm saying. If they were considered to be equal jobs home is home first right and I don't know the fam you know the familial dynamics of Michael Shrewsbury but he's roughly my age so he's a few years younger than I but you know being within three hours I but when I say familial dynamic I mean I don't know if his parents are still living what their health situation I mean all those things right but the reality is you're within it's You reach an age where being within two and a half to three hours of your home, your original home base is more advantageous than being, you know, 12 hours, right? That's number one familiarity. I'm sure going to cathedral, as you can attest to Kevin, there is a, probably a, a link to a Notre Dame that is very, you know, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying there were probably plenty of people that he walked the halls with in high school that were huge Notre Dame fans of fans of Notre Dame sports or went to Notre Dame. So there's probably a feeling of getting the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, and being able to run that for them. And then on top of that, I do think that historically is a better job. Yes. I mean, you know, Notre Dame does have, it has an underrated basketball history, quite frankly. I mean, they've had great players that have gone through there. They've had great tournament moments. They've gone deep in tournaments, you know they've they've been highly seeded. They're in a good league. So is Penn State, obviously, but no, I, I think it's a pretty good job actually.
0: Yeah, I worry a little bit of, about the modern elements of okay, how committed are you from an NIL standpoint? I think their football program has battled that a little bit here in, in just the last couple of years. So I, I would think the same would apply for basketball. You know, transfer portal, how how active can you be there from a you know credits transferring those sorts of things. But I am beyond thrilled by this. Do you think you think the shirt off will help get Micah Shrewsbury on the show? No. Potentially? no. No,
3: I don't think that really will work. Well,
0: the car's
4: okay. actually turned around and he's headed oh, okay. back to <laughs> State <All right>. College. <laughs> That's
3: right. Hmm. Okay. He just did a U-turn in Youngstown. I thought he'd appreciate the passion, maybe. Uh, Braden Shrewsbury. Yeah, his, his son, right? 6'2 guard, 175 pounds, three-star recruit, verbally committed and signed to the Nittany Lions of Penn State.
0: I saw Kyle at right? mention last night Logan Imes from um, Zinesville. He is a Penn State commit. Uh, he had a great sectional run for a minute there. It looked like he was going to take the Eagles on kind of a Braden Smith type run from the previous year through that sectional. I think the phrase that Kyle used last night for Logan was he's in a holding pattern on his future. So you do feel certainly for people like that from a scholarship standpoint how will it will work out. Notre Dame needs a ton of help. They had a lot of, like, six-year seniors, like COVID-year seniors. So, And I think at least four guys have already put their names in the portal. Um, I did see last night, and we talked with Kyle Nenrup about this on Tuesday's show, Marcus Burton from Penn, who I think at this point is pretty much going to be Mr. Basketball in the state this year. Uh, he has always been committed to Notre Dame, even without a coach. And he said that he's looking forward to playing for Mike Shrewsbury. So...
3: Here's an interesting fact for you about Logan Ims. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. I'm looking, I think that is right. I'm looking at his rivals or one of these profiles. Three star recruit out of Zionsville. It's got a picture of him in his AAU team. The jersey he's wearing on the top, it's a white jersey on the top. It has three stripes green, white, and orange. Whoa. Isn't that the... Ireland flag Irish flag. I'm on now. <laughs> Did he know something? I'm looking at the side for crystal ball predictions. I'm thinking they should ask Logan that. How about the can, other... Can you can you not lean back and completely relax there? Like oh, the, I
0: went to the doctor a few weeks ago. He said I need to work on my posture.
3: <laughs> Hell. That, that would... Yeah. I you, find that you're staring a lot at Sam <laughs> here early in the show. I've never looked... More in my computer screen in my life. That's not good for your eyes. <laughs> You're probably right. You're going to go blind. You
0: sit that close to that thing. Um, The other reported name, Jake, that I guess Notre Dame talked to somewhat late in the process, uh, my hint is he's playing, he's coaching this weekend.
3: A coach that Notre Dame talked to late in the process. Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe that this coach, okay, the, the full the full stretch with the arms out early in the morning do you not stretch early in the morning yeah before i get here yes i do and and then i put a shirt on and i'm done stretching for the day. again tell you what people walk
0: outside today and tell me you don't want to be shirtless it's balmy
3: feels (laughs) great it is nice out it is nice out but it's supposed to rain all day right i believe so okay so this is a coach that you are saying nothing's raining on my parade though So, this coach is in the tournament right now, right? Correct. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And do you believe that they talked to him before Shrewsbury? You know, it seemed like, if you read the reports, there was some, hey,
0: Notre Dame has placed an offer. He's going to go back to Penn State, see what Penn State has to say. And I think at that point, you know, if you're Notre Dame, you just do your due diligence and say, okay, what would be plan B? How would we pivot? And so I guess this would have been the potential pivot move.
3: You know that I love trivia, right? Uh Uh-huh. Does this guy have Indiana ties? Yeah. Princeton.
0: Not Princeton, but you're very hot. Hmm. Has he had any? This is what a lot of the people in the YouTube chat are saying about me today. (laughs) Hardly. Uh Yep. Uh, Uh, I've been compared to Eric Musselman.
3: You see Musselman takes off his shirt after big wins? Well, that would be, let me be very clear, M-U-S-S-E-L and not (laughs) S-C-L-E. I just want to make sure that everybody is aware. Uh, Creighton. Creighton. Greg McDermott. Yeah.
0: Princeton playing Greg McDermott. You know, a little Indiana tie, right, with Doug playing for the Pacers? Uh, Yeah. And that would – he's a good coach, clearly, right? Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about the Sweet 16 coming up tonight. Again, if you look at your bracket, bottom left, bottom right, those are the two regions we will get to tonight. Um, ironically, um, if you look at the point spreads, you've got the first game of the night that's pretty much a pick em. Michigan State is a one-and-a-half point favorite over Kansas State. How about, Jake, of the 16 coaches left, is those the only one to have – um won a
3: national title boy I'll tell you of the schools remaining there are only Michigan State Arkansas Connecticut
0: UCLA of course
3: well I'm thinking that um yeah that have, that actually that have won it all I was going to say that have even been to a final four UCLA and then looking at the games tomorrow uh, of, of former national champions there are none playing tomorrow how many times did Houston get to the title game Houston has been to the Final Four six times. They went to the title game in, I have to think about this, uh, 84. Is that it? 69, 84, 83. I can't remember in 84 if they went to the title game. I mean, the Final Four in 84 was Virginia, George, or Houston, Kentucky. Yeah, so they went in 84. So 83 and 84 there with the title game, 69 as well, I think.
0: So that'll be our leadoff tonight. Kansas State and Michigan State, again, a a one-and-a-half point favorite there, Sparty. Um, The next game of the night will be in that west region. That will be Arkansas-UConn. It's pretty crazy to think Arkansas is looking for their third straight Elite Eight. Um, Morning, Scotty like a donut? <laughs> okay. Did you want to see Scotty, me? Did Scotty. did you, you want the donut?
3: Scotty, who has never in his lifetime walked into this studio it's before the f- 9, first person that we're in into here the doing studio. a strip tease, and suddenly he just walked in. Somebody told Scotty Demi Moore was in the studio, <laughs> and here he is. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> that's, Scotty is decked out in his Florida Atlantic gear because his sister, a professor on the Owls— uh, not staff. I guess the staff of the Owls, right? Sure, the, the educational the staff. The university is more than just the basketball yeah. program. Florida Atlantic and Tennessee tonight.
0: Scotty walked in the door. My seat is closest to the door. Uh, Jake, I've never seen someone stay so close to the wall Scotty, in their
3: lives. Scotty looked like that meme of the little kid that comes running down the hallway and does an immediate <laughs> stop and reverse.
0: Uh, so the seven fifteen game tonight again. Arkansas and UConn. The third straight Elite Eight. That's what Arkansas is hoping for. Then Scotty will be cheering for his owls coming up at approximately 9 o'clock. Florida Atlantic, again, led by John L. Davis from Gary. He's their leading scorer. They are, I've seen it, like, both at 4.5 and 5.5 and and point underdog with Tennessee. And then the late, late game. And, Jake, I to me, this game is the best one of Thursday and Friday night. And that's Gonzaga-UCLA yeah, to fun. round out the night.
3: No, for sure. I mean, that, we might be dragging tomorrow a little bit. What I do you call today? At least we'll be dressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, come on. Should we hit a break? Yeah, I, I trust me.
4: Do we need a regroup? Yes. Real quick before we go to break, yeah. Kevin. The YouTube chat wants to know, any tattoos?
0: Well, we'll see how the 9 yeah, o'clock hour no goes. No one's requesting <laughs> me to show them, by the <laughs> well, way, just yeah, if you have them.
4: Well, we'll, we'll see how the 9 o'clock hour goes on the whole
0: tattoo front and mm-hmm. maybe where that is. And okay. I need to send an email to
3: HR. <laughs> I'm Kevin Bowen. Actually, I do. (laughs) Jake Larry.
0: Sam Fritz and Scotty Johnston in the studio this morning. Earliest I've ever seen him in the studio. He gets here early, but he's usually in his office until about 930. Uh, Again, it is a very balmy Thursday here in Indianapolis. Rain in the forecast, though, all day today, it sounds like, and tomorrow. As well. You're listening right here on 935 1075,
1: The Fan. Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta, ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at Kisimta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: Well, I've got news for everybody on an update. It is four or so minutes later than the last time we talked to you, and still no shirt in studio. we doing this the whole way, are well, we? Well, it's been a good start. We, I, yeah. You know, if it's a great start, why would you derail the train? You know? I
0: haven't
3: uh, hey, been Jake.
7: told otherwise.
3: If today's show doesn't you get get you guys in the top ten mid market ratings, nothing will. I, I, amen to that. You know what? And we're gonna be professionals. The checkdown
0: time. Uh, the Pacers last night, Jake. They win <laughs> north of the border. They start three Canadians. First time in NBA history a team has done that. Uh, and all three of them played very well. Uh, no one better than Andrew Nemhar, 25 and 10. Benedict Matherin had 15, and the go had said. Nine, one, eighteen, one, eleven. The Pacers beat the Raptors. Toronto had won seven straight at home, and Jake, the Pacers are just kind of lurking. Nine games to go, and right now, a
3: game and a half back of the final playing spot. If you look at the remaining schedule for Indiana, I'm going to read them off. You tell me if you think they win it. You ready? At Boston, no. At Atlanta, mm, yeah. Dallas. No. Milwaukee. No. Oklahoma City. Yes. At Cleveland.
0: Gosh, with some of these playoff teams, I'm like, are they going to be
3: resting? I'll say no. New York at home. Yes. Detroit at home. Yes. At New York. Sure. Okay, that puts you out with a winning four of your last five. And that finishes them at 38 and... I don't –
0: you know, they've got nine to go. I I feel like six and three at the bare minimum. Well,
3: that can't be right. Maybe maybe seven and two. Okay, yeah. 38 and 44.
0: Yeah, I think they need to go seven and two, six and three, something around there. Um, I saw they have the fourth hardest schedule remaining of any team in the league. But, again, you're going to start to get into some of these resting moments from teams. Again, one and a half back of Chicago, two back of the Raptors. They have the tiebreaker of both of those teams. So – If it gets into the tiebreaker situation, Jake, we could be talking about the Pacers
3: playing in a road play-in game here in mid-April. Now, I've always forgot – I always forget this, so remind me. If you make the play-in game and lose, do you go back into the lottery? Yes.
0: Okay. The lottery is still – taking all the teams that are not seated one so, through eight.
3: So the lottery is teams that are not playing in a playoff series. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and I guess just to go over the play-in, and I know we're kind of going long on this segment, um, the play-in works like this. Seven, eight, nine, and ten are thrown in the play-in. Nine plays ten. The loser of that, season over. Winner of that extends their season for one more night. Seven plays eight. Winner of that, they get the two-seed in an actual series. The loser of that plays the winner of 9-10. Those two play each other. The winner becomes the eight seed. The loser, their season's over.
3: Uh, college basketball, Michigan State, Kansas State. That's a 7-3 matchup tonight, 6-30 in TBS. 45 minutes after that game tips, it's Arkansas and Connecticut. That's an 8-4 matchup. But who pig suey. Look out for the – Connecticut's good, though, Kevin, to your point. Uh, but Arkansas – I just kind of like Arkansas. We'll see what happens there, though. Connecticut does. Uh, Connecticut's just fast, man. They can, they can play. Florida Atlantic and Tennessee at 9 o'clock tonight on TBS. And then the nightcap that I think Kevin Bowen is going to put his shirt back on for, but he anticipates. Gonzaga and UCLA, a 3-2 matchup. That is a nine forty-five tip on CBS. So you can expect for us tomorrow, not PBR, not long, plenty of caffeine. Right? Yes,
0: uh, plenty of caffeine on that one. Gosh, that's approximate, too. How about Vegas for the regional, Jake? Those West games. That'd be, I mean, Madison gotta, Square Garden and Vegas are our two venues for tonight. That would be pretty fun, right? Do I belong in Vegas right now?
3: <laughs> hey, bud, you want to put a shirt on? It's got uh, kind of weird. It's got to ask you twice.
0: Uh, Sam, you said Scott Agnes around eight today. We're gonna to bump him up a little bit earlier. Eight-ish, yes. So we'll talk Pacers with Scott Agnes. Do you see? Uh, Buddy Heald got the old fine for twenty-five grand, right? Tossing the middle finger in the air a few times. Did you watch the video? It was hilarious. It's an expensive bird. It was. I was like, who, who is he gesturing towards? So we'll talk with Scott about that. And again, impressive win last night for the Pacers in Toronto. Zach Kiefer was at the Ohio State Pro Day yesterday. Alabama's today. Kentucky's tomorrow. I believe Zach is off to Kentucky. So we'll chat with him about that. Uh, do we expect a little bit more of a Colts contingent in Lexington? Considering Will Levis is probably more likely to be in the Colts range than C.J. Stroud. We'll address that coming up next. Kevin Inquiry right here on a very warm but overcast Thursday in Indy.
8: Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: It is 19 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock, which mercifully means it's two hours and 19 minutes before the end of this program. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's usually the line that I, I say. Yeah, well, it's, uh. Usually you have your shirt on, at least when you say it. Uh, Kevin shirtless, shirtless this morning to celebrate the hiring of Micah Shrewsbury. And somebody actually—he also brought in Long's Donuts. Uh, somebody sent me a tweet that said, "Tell Kevin he's supposed to eat the donut, not wear it." Oh gosh! Come on, solid. Yeah, solid. Can I get a name? I get a number. I no, have Ron. All right, Ron. Uh, NCAA tournament resuming tonight, but yesterday in Columbus, donut. Ohio, a lot of people over there. To watch C.J. Stroud, including Frank Reich, like following him around with a with with his iPhone, Frank Reich looked almost like starstruck.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a few odd pictures of Frank Reich. You know, the Carolina contingent was very deep there. Uh, owner David Tepper, wife Nicole, you know, GM and Josh McCown, the quarterbacks coach, and Thomas Brown, their offensive coordinator. So Carolina is basically taking a caravan of people in their organization uh, to Columbus. They met with C.J. Stroud Tuesday night, and then it sounds like they're going to have a private workout with them in Carolina later uh, before the draft. We're a little over a month away. And then, Jake,
3: today, um, all eyes on Tuscaloosa. So will the same thing happen in Tuscaloosa? It sounds
0: like Carolina will continue that contingent to Tuscaloosa for Bryce Young, and then Friday to Lexington for Will Levis, and then next week is Florida and Anthony Richardson. Does the Bryce Young Pro Day matter at all? considering he didn't throw at the Combine. You know, CJ Stroud did throw at the Combine. The other two did throw. Um, again, I've said this week, Jake, I don't care one bit what these guys look like on the field at the Pro Days. I think Pro Days are so much more about intel on who the player is from people that have worked with them in football settings for the last three to four years. But considering Bryce Young didn't throw and it was all centered around his weight at the Combine,
3: a month later it doesn't matter at all. I think it – I don't know that it can help. I think it can hurt a guy. Does that make sense? I mean, in the end, I think you go by – from a from an on-field standpoint, you go by what is on tape, I think. I think that's kind of – people have gotten back more to that. You know what I would do if I was at one of these things, Kevin? And I don't know – how much are they allowed to interact with the player?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think a ton, but, I mean, I think afterwards it can be a very informal setting where – Are you talking about, like, the Colts
3: personnel, if they're there? Well, like, afterwards, can they go up and just be like, hey, what's going on? You know what I mean? I believe so. I would go up to C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever, if I was, like, a scout, let's say, and I'd say, hey, quick question. We're getting ready to take off, but I just realized I left my jacket in that locker room. What's the name of that equipment guy? I need to get a hold of him. And I would see if the player says, oh, that's Ryan. Da-da-da. Like, I know that sounds crazy, But I would want to know, I would want to get as much information to your point, Kevin, as to, like Peyton Manning, and I know that it's unfair that we compare everything to Peyton Manning. I'm sure people get tired of hearing everything about Peyton Manning, but, you know, it's the end-all be-all in terms of uh, a precedent. Peyton Manning knew everybody in the building. Remember when Peyton Manning retired and he was, like, giving his thank-you list? I'm just going to. And he readjusted your chair there. Yes. It, it's it's a little much. It's a little uncomfortable to
0: look. I, I do have a Luke Haringode jersey in the in the bag. Would you prefer that I put that on?
3: You have Luke Herringode's hairstyle in your sternum <laughs> which is why i'm looking straight ahead that's one of the biggest compliments that i've ever received oh, um, thank you for that but manning when he retired if you remember he was like i want to thank and he's naming the oh, you know, frog and cindy and, and, the and john mail- scott yeah right. he's naming all the cindy in the guys. mail room yeah. and da, da, da. but that's mm-hmm. leadership right i mean that's I, I think there is an element of you want people to know and exhibit that they are part of a team and they don't think of themselves as above that. And I would want to know what their inter- their interactions and their dynamics are with totality of the program. Yeah, you
0: want to know how they treat people that aren't necessarily in the spotlight or Correct. how they treat those when the cameras are not on. I do think that's a big part of it. Again, Zach Kiefer's going to join us at 9. He was in Columbus for the Pro Day yesterday. Uh, Marvin Harrison was there watching his son who ran routes with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, he's not pro-eligible this year, but a lot of eyes on that. So um, we'll chat with Zach coming up in a bit. Uh, Jake, when you look at tonight's slate from a sweet 16 standpoint, um, the region that I think is the most wide open is the region that the one and the two seed are gone. And that would be Purdue and Marquette's region in the east. Again, Kansas state and Michigan state to lead off at six 30. The second game is Florida Atlantic and Tennessee at nine. Give me a
3: favorite out of those four to come out of that region. Boy, probably Tennessee. I, Kansas State's pretty good, man. I, you know, you I kind of like Kansas State I mean, State the tonight. favorite would be Kansas State because they're the three seed, right? They're 25-9. and nine. They're coming out of a good league. But Kansas State has probably the tougher draw. I, nothing against Florida Atlantic. How Florida Atlantic might beat Tennessee. I don't know. But, you know, Florida Atlantic, I mean, that was a nice win for Florida Atlantic. I thought Memphis was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Tennessee, I think, is pretty solid. I watched them – Kevin, the thing about the tournament that's that's funny to me, and, and let's be real here, okay? You and I both enjoy college basketball and sports a great deal. Tell me about it. You, you know, how many, t- yeah, I mean, you're willing to take your shirt off for it. H- how many people realistically, how many people realistically like can say like, oh yeah, I've watched a lot of Tennessee this year? I mean, over the course of the year, sure, there's like the rainy Sunday in February where you're turning your TV and it's like, oh. I'm on some channel, and you know CBS and Mississippi State's on. I watch a couple of minutes of it; it's right, cool, you right. know. But how would people really sit down and, and analyze it? So watching Tennessee, and obviously they're well coached.
0: It's impressive win over Duke. Y-
3: yeah, and they and they, you know, I think you'd say they can for the most part control Definitely the, second half, the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would say Tennessee, though. Yeah, that's the region that I think just has the most. But none of the four would shock you if they were the one to win the region, right? right?
0: You know, and I think in Kansas State and Michigan State's case, and again, that'll be the first game tonight, 630, you see two programs that, and I know Kansas State lost Nigel Pack, but you see two programs that did benefit from a transfer portal standpoint. And I think if you're Indiana and Purdue, you know, you haven't had, you know, Purdue hasn't used it a ton, but when they have used it, not a great amount of return by any means. Indiana, I'd say a mixed bag at best with the portal. Um, It is a reminder that you can find, some nice success with that. Um, I thought something that was really interesting, Michigan State related, that Dane Fife said yesterday was, you're kind of ask him about, you know, why do you think Michigan State has had such consistent success in the tournament when the Big Ten as a whole has really struggled and kind of what would be your advice to Matt Painter? I found it really interesting that Dane said that Tom Izzo tries to schedule one team from all the power conferences in the non-conference. Yeah, And it's kind of his way of saying, all right, let's get a gauge on what styles are like around college basketball. You know, you look at Michigan State's non-conference schedule, Jake, it is always loaded, always. And uh, it has a lot of diversity, I think, in it as well. So I thought that was – it might be easier said than done. Michigan State's probably earned a bit of a reputation that teams obviously want to play them and and that sort of thing. Um, And it seems like they play a large amount of those games away from home. You know, I don't know if that's like something that Matt Painter should explore. And you know, clearly they can handle the power conference teams. It's more the mid-majors that, that they struggle against in the one and done scenario. But I don't know. I just I found that really interesting.
3: You know, the The tournament itself I, I think we talked about that with to your point, Kevin, about going out and testing yourself against different styles from different leagues. I just think that's what makes the tournament so unique is you have to have a flexibility between this is the way we play and just come and get it, and we're gonna do it better than anybody. I mean, Bob Knight's teams did that. Look, we run a motion offense, and we're gonna run man-to-man, and that's and, and we believe that we do that in a way that that it's better than anybody else. So come and get it. And it worked, right? But it does feel like the game has evolved away from that where you've got to be able to to adjust and adapt from one game one night to the next. Which,
0: again, Jake, I think for a coach like Matt Painter, how much of an internal battle do you think that is for him? Like, you just became the number one seed this season. You just won the Big Ten Conference by three games. You just won the Big Ten Tournament. And you're going to have to realize with ten minutes to go in the game, oh, man, I need to adapt to them. You know, if you're a yeah. coach, first off, I think any human being, all, all humans have egos. I think you're in a position of authority like that. Your ego's I don't, a little I bit don't. Big, big bigger. Uh, I, would, I would beg to differ. I think we have some audio drops that potentially indicate that. Um, there's probably this battle that you fight as a coach of being like, hey, over the course of 40 minutes, our good is going to be better than fairly Dickinson's good like right.
3: <laughs> eventually we're going to impose our will but it is interesting a- a- and they're going to will i mean kevin it's interesting that dane Fife would tip that hand about michigan state a little bit yesterday or tom izzo's approach and that is undoubtedly the big 10 team that is the most consistent in terms of march success
0: right oh yeah easily easily um so that is the East region tonight. Again, the West region, Arkansas, UConn at 7-15. UConn is favored by 4.5 in that one, and UCLA favored by 1.5 over Gonzaga. It is the 17-year anniversary of Gonzaga and UCLA in the Sweet 16, arguably Gonzaga's best chance to win a title. That was Adam Morrison in tears as they blew a, what was it, eight-point lead less than a minute ago?
3: Yeah, and I, yeah, and that was the sitting on the floor, incredulous, pulling the jersey up over the eyes, right? Yeah. And he he was a heck of a player. I Remember, that was the year that he and Jim or Fredette were both. It was like one night, one would have 40, the other right. would have 42. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Now,
0: was that the final four that we were talking about yesterday? I think that was the 2006 tourney. We were talking about that final four here. That was- That's right. Florida and-
3: or, uh, L- Florida, LSU. UCLA. UCLA. Is it George Mason? George Mason, that's correct. Um, By the way, one other note before we get to it again. Scott Agnes is going to join us in a bit here. Uh, Did you see, Kevin, I know that you are, and I can appreciate it, ecstatic about Micah Shrewsbury hiring at Notre Dame. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of that, I think, because you're a Notre Dame fan. Part of that, I would assume... Is the fact that it's got to be kind of cool to think that someone from from your high school is now the coach of your the basketball program you grew up watching, right? I yeah, that's pretty cool. That state ties certainly. Yeah. Um, on a, on a side note, I've been. I think most people know, and I, and I was very flattered by the fact of the number of people that reached out to me yesterday when they heard the news. And maybe this is only news within like a small quadrant of this city. I understand, but he is a pretty big figure within the city. Yesterday, it was announced that Dr. Eugene White will be the interim principal at North Central to finish out the year for North Central. Dr. White, who was my principal, joined North Central in my senior year. He was only in the principal role for three years before becoming a superintendent and then becoming the superintendent of IPS. Um, He is filling in the role because Evans Brannigan, or Brannigan as simply as most people called him, who was the current principal, is on leave. I like Brannigan a great deal. And he has always been wonderful to me. He is, uh, I think that there were a lot at North Central after Paul Logan passed away. I think there were a lot of challenges for a lot of people, understandably so, emotionally speaking. And I don't know the exact circumstances because I wasn't there for everything that went into Evans Branigan taking a leave that will lead to his retirement at the end of the year, but certainly wish him the best because I think very highly of and respect him. Um, and and know him fairly well but dr white is the perfect person to fill in that role i was at north central yesterday i spoke to several classes at north central yesterday uh, we actually had a i was in the middle of speaking to the class uh kevin and they had a tornado drill oh perfect yeah. is it the same buzzing sound as it when is. you were there <clears throat> And then you had to go, and we had so to. So what, like hands on the, the back of your neck? They don't do the right? back of the no. neck deal okay. anymore. All Basically, right. it's uh, okay. Everybody sitting and playing your phone. These kids, they don't even have it like we had it. Uh, but Doctor White, I saw a lot of people that were like, "Man, North Central doesn't have any idea what's about to hit them." Because Doctor White is a disciplinarian for sure. I think he's perfect for what North Central needs. Um, but I want to make clear here that people understand this and why people love Doctor White. There's a difference of leadership of being. A stern disciplinarian that people fear, and being a leader that even in the course of seven weeks has an impact because they have a stern nature about them that is truly, transparently authentic towards their hopes and desires for the best of everyone around them. And I've talked to people before that have had Dr. White that said, Man, I'll never forget when I did this or that at a game or at school and I got in trouble. And Dr. White simply. I knew he was disappointed, and I didn't want to disappoint him, and that's the thing about him. Yes, he has expectation, but more so he creates in the people around him an expectation of themselves because of the leadership that he just naturally, genuinely, and authentically exudes. Um, he is an absolute, he is the perfect delivery, and I could not be more thrilled, and I wish the best for the kids at North Central, and I am absolutely Pleased to the T, even though I'm not a parent, that the kids at North Central High School will be able to be blessed with, for even albeit a short amount of time, the greatness that we witnessed.
0: Jake, when I was at your 50th birthday and saw your emotion when you saw Dr. White, that told me everything I needed to know about what he's meant to you and what he still means. And, you know, I think, you know, someone with two young kids, you think moving forward in life, just you want them to have leaders and role models that, um, they feel like they can emulate and um, are great examples of how life should be lived. And I think Dr. White has certainly been that for you. And hopefully he will pass that on to Washington Township again um, in his role. Uh, all right, Scott Agnes, he's going to join us next here. Kevin Aquaria on a
1: Overcast Thursday. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider symptoms
8: You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The
3: Fan. If you're just joining us, uh, where have you been? Kevin is shirtless in studio to celebrate Micah Shrewsbury's hiring at Notre Dame. Woohoo! He brought in Long's Donuts. It's starting to get a little chilly in here. If you want to know how good Long's Donuts are, I was able to consume one despite the fact that Kevin is shirtless to celebrate the hiring of Micah Shrewsbury at Notre Dame.
0: I have noticed your eyes have not been... As much focused on me to build chemistry, you know, that's, read body language, uh, you know, what's yeah. helped I, I, make I, us the 22nd best mid-market show in the entire United States. So, trust me, I feel a little bit of a lack of connection today, and I think it's showing in our work, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> now, again, I want to be clear—that's uh, without steroids, right? All natural. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> All. Natural. Uh, Scott Agnes joins us now. Scott has got a board of playing in a few, so we want to get right to it with Scott. Scott, be glad you're not in studio, I guess, today. uh, Or that you're not co-hosting from noon to three and you have to sit in this chair after (laughs) I do. Uh, It felt like last night, Scott, was kind of the last-ditch win. Like, oh boy, they just beat a team a couple games above them in the standings. They're still a game and a half back. But last night potentially makes the last two weeks of the season kind of interesting and the door's not going to be slammed shut on the playoff hopes for you know maybe the final few games of the year
9: no it's not completely shut good morning to you guys you're right uh the, the, the only thing left to try to get into here is to get that final spot with the playing tournament honestly right and so that was a situation one it was kind of a, a cool moment i thought that we saw with the three canadians obviously being able to start and have that moment that's again where rick carlisle's so good about feeling out a moment but Again, I still believe, I've said this for probably more than a month, two months now, this season's about development, it's about growth, it's about exploratory. So I don't think it's in their best interest here to ideally make this this play-in tournament. I don't think it'll end up that way, but it's definitely something we'll be tracking over these final nine games.
3: Scott, here's a question that I never thought I'd be asking, but here we are a week after St. Patrick's Day, essentially, during the middle of the NCAA tournament, so we are in... Obviously, the twilight of a basketball season. In totality, who's had the better rookie season, Benedict Matherin Andrew Nembhard?
9: I would say Nembhard, just because of the expectation and what we knew going into it. I I did expect him to be in the rotation to contribute on a nightly basis. But if I if I expected you know him to contribute what he has and playing more than fifteen minutes per game, I'd be lying to you. Not at all. Uh, Matherin, this is probably what I expected throughout this so no doubt jake i would absolutely go with andrew Nimhard. he was a second round pick if if player you know it's a crapshoot you know after 15 if another team thought he'd be what he has become they would absolutely drafted him right
3: so is he the question becomes and i ask this a lot but is andrew Nimhard showing that he can be a guy or is this Dwayne washington or keeper sykes where somebody's got to get some minutes and put up points and he's got the chance to do it this year
9: no, I, I think this is a situation where Andrews firmly showing where he can contribute because he's doing it both ends. That's what's been so impressive about what he's done this season is to get on the floor. It took defense. Kind of reminded me uh, of Paul George's his first and second year. Like he was not a complete player and wasn't getting on the floor, so he said, "All right, I'll man up and just try to defend here." But now, what's been fun contrasting that is here into the season. It's his offense. It's it's out of need to your latter point. There is. He's doing more, creating more for himself and, and really taking advantage of what the defense gives him. And I think that's where you can glean more from what he's been able to do Is these. He's really just taking what the defense is doing. So they're sagging off of him. They're leaving the mid-range. So he's, so he's t- taking care of that. The last week, the Pacers coaching staff has really gone on him about, hey, take it all the way to the hoop and either finish or kick out. So he's done that more. And I think you've seen him kind of use his body a little bit more. And, and that's a, a new area uh, of his game I think he's been able to demonstrate so no I think it's way more of this is this is a four-year experience know-how type of player rather than you know somebody's got a score out there right now
0: Scott again Scott Agnes with us from Fieldhouse Files do you think there's any way the Pacers openly rest guys of note here in the final two weeks to avoid potentially getting in the play-in
9: I mean you've already seen it to an extent but with Daniel Tice now to be clear yes he's not a, a primary starter yeah. by any means. They, I mean like the Halliburton,
0: Matherin, Turner, Healed crew.
9: So Heald, uh, there's no chance you're getting him to sit. He wants to play all 82 games. Yeah. So there's, I, I would be stunned if Buddy is unable to uh, finish that out. Tyrese, maybe you take it a little easy. I don't know the severity of this ankle sprain. Uh, it was something that happened in practice, we're told, but I haven't got a clear indication. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think those conversations have to be had if you're the Pacers right now, of what's the point of Halliburton returning? I'd also, honestly, KB, if it was me, I'd consider sitting Miles right now. You know, I I want to see more of Jalen and Isaiah. We know exactly what Miles is. And so I, I think that's a smart conversation, the front office and the coaching staff together have to decide on here for the final nine games. It would not surprise me. I don't think it'll be anything in bulk or anything too obvious, but maybe a player or two. Why are they playing at 5 o'clock
0: on a Saturday in Atlanta? So they play tomorrow in Boston, I think it's 7, and then a 5 o'clock tip? That's such an odd time.
9: Yeah, it is. I don't know if they're trying to not overlap with March Madness or, or what that is. There's, maybe it's a theme night down there in Atlanta, too. Sometimes you'll see that.
3: Scott Agnes is our guest. He is on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, Scott, this is probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a personal question. Uh, you're traveling, is that right? You're at the airport, or oh, you're yeah. on your way to the airport, or you're through security.
9: I am on the uh, the gate gateway thing to the plane right now. Really, and and now can you do, can you Sound tell us where you're is going?
3: Terrific. Can you can you let us know where you're going?
9: I'll Va- just tell you, it's the Sunshine State. I needed to get some some vitamin D and some some sun here, man. So this, this
3: was not impressive. a Pacers trip, is what I'm getting at.
9: This is not. No. Okay. No. 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 This is me saying the team is away. I need to you know get some sunshine in my life.
0: Scott, I did want to ask you Can one. You mo- me? No, I, I do not. Just look at the weather outside. Although Jake is staring at sunshine at, this that. morning here no. in the studio, I'm
3: looking. I'm I'm looking at something beached. There's no question about that. Uh, Scott, last one before you um,
0: you know board. Um, Buddy Heel, do we have any idea who he was throwing the old middle bird to? I I kind of laughed at the clip. Uh, fine, twenty five thousand for that gesture. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He did it on several occasions, and it looked like it was to like somebody in the crowd. But he was like smiling through it.
9: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I want fans to understand is this is one way like Buddy communicates. This is one way he shows his love. Like if he's not cussing at you and and flicking you, flipping you off, probably you know you should reconsider how you know close a friend I guess you are with him. We see it all the time in practice and even in games with Tyrese Halliburton. Just look at Tyrese Halliburton's photo on the on his Twitter, his secondary image there is just of that, of of Buddy flipping him off on the court. So I I don't know specifically who that was to. It very clearly was no one in the game because the action was paused, but going on at the other end of the floor. And so no players were down there. No game officials were down there. So it was just a friendly hello. But what got him was it wasn't the Pacers broadcast. It was the Hornets broadcast had just shown him and Tyrese together on the bench trying to highlight the trade from, a year ago for Tyrese and what that's done and that's all unfortunate because without that no one would even noticed no one would have even saw that but instead it's $25,000 Scott enjoy the warmth
0: safe travels and uh thanks for uh making time for us all right you bet thanks for having me on
3: Scott Agnes right there field house yeah, I'm, I'm giving you some whoa, whoa. Yeah, well that's for you being Jeez, that's uncalled
0: morning. for <laughs> that's Sam a... you see that's that a...
3: That's a mile or that's a I have my glasses off I'm sorry. A Buddy oh, heeled hey. salute. That's what uh, I'm calling this now. For you wearing no shirt this morning, I'm giving you the buddy heeled salute. Take a picture salute. of
0: that and file something to HR. <laughs> I'm going my second long's donut.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't have been able you to tell. You guys want another? <laughs> no. You good? <laughs> okay, thanks. I right. just
4: like to say Kevin, Sam, th- you good? I, I am good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh but you you deserve a little bit of credit here. You know, it, you've you've taken some some hits, some jokes. But what you're doing, it takes confidence. I think the confidence tends to rise naturally the longer you're doing it. In for a penny, in for a pound. I,
0: I must admit, it is getting a little chilly, and I'm a little <laughs> nervous how that could impact the the continued viewing session, if you catch my drift.
3: Oh, you're going to bail halfway through? Well, I... Did you bring a shirt? Yeah,
0: I got the You want to see the hair and goatee jersey? You want to see it? Now, this is from their Big East days, of course.
3: Kevin has got. By the way, the Herengotti
0: chest hair line is. I, people are said that's that's the best line that you've ever had.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I look at your chest. It's Heron Gaudi.
0: So what do you, you like it? It's a little wrinkled. Um, I kind of forgot where it was
3: last night, um, but it was under
0: Rosie's bed, so I was able to find well, it. Well, I
3: was going to say, is that a jersey or a bedspread?
0: Yeah, um, it was under Rosie's. Does it bed. have a name on the back? Uh no, just forty fourth the Big East logo. Okay. Yeah. So no nil action for this. How great is that manuscript though?
3: It, I mean, it is. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Notre Dame, but that's pretty cool jersey mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, if it gets a little chillier, I might put it on. It is interesting. Put it to the side here.
3: You know, when you think about its location in general. You know, being close to Chicago. You know, there's a lot of good players in Michigan, obviously in Indiana. From a basketball standpoint, it does feel like it should be a pro. And it is a, it's probably an underrated program, truth be told. You know, I think if you were to rank all time college basketball programs, historically speaking, is Notre Dame top 20? I don't think so. One final four, Jake? Yeah, but okay. I mean, if you do it. My point being, you run out of if you One were to final list four. if you were to list the top college basketball programs right now, like of all time. I mean, you got UCLA in no particular order. UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas. We'll put Louisville, Duke, Are Carolina, put Carolina, Florida. obviously. I mean, Indiana is up there, right? Florida, Michigan State. Okay, Florida, Michigan State, Syracuse.
0: Definitely. Now, I mean,
3: hell, Gonzaga. Yeah, all time. Jake Nerding's been to one Final Four. So has Gonzaga. No, they've been to more. How many Final Fours has Gonzaga been to?
0: With Indianapolis their only Final Four?
3: How many Final Fours have they been to?
5: God,
0: is it really just that one? I mean, they still have had more I mean, tournament success, I would say, here.
3: Oklahoma State, recently. Ohio State, I'll put those up there. I'll put Michigan up above them, okay? Yes, that was their only Yeah, you're right. But right now, we're at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I mean, Gonzago's a runner-up twice. Oh, so to, uh, they had, oh, you're right. They lost that one to Carolina, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, NC State, we'll put them up there.
0: I mean, it's almost one of those things, like, if you've won a national title and been to one other Final Four, aren't you a better program than Notre Dame? I mean, hell, arguably if you've just won a national title. I mean, I, I appreciate you trying to carry the Notre Dame towards you. know, I, If you would like I mean, to I, take off your shirt, you know, feel feel free to celebrate I, with me. I don't me, want to but...
3: upstage here. What <laughs> I'm getting at is I, I do think that I'm saying that more about just – I mean, a top 20 program essentially means the top 10 or 20% in the general rule, I think if you had to go with, and now I realize they're weird disclaimers, but if you're going with the best programs to not have multiple Final Fours, they're probably the best. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. But they've had great moments in tournament history. They've been a part of a lot of history in college basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've had great individual moments. And again, in the last decade, I mean, those back-to-back Elite Eight runs, they were on the brink of – I mean, they ended the longest winning
3: streak in the history of college basketball. Sure. At home. You know what I mean? Like
0: Yeah, that is a very, very iconic moment. Um I you know, I said this earlier about Micah Shrewsbury, and part of the excitement stems from, you know, you look at his connections around the state of Indiana. Jakey's had fifteen years of experience in this state coaching. That does include him as a player going to high school here, going to college here. If you look at Notre Dame's recent history, yes, they've had you know Blake Wesley from South Bend, Demetrius Jackson from South Bend. They really have struggled to recruit the state, though, and, and I would say, like south of Fort Wayne, I mean they got a VJ Beecham out of Fort Wayne, who was a nice player for him, Luke Herengotti, of course, from the region. But under Bray, they didn't recruit Indianapolis well at all, and they also didn't really recruit Chicago well. Which I mean, Jake, right. think about Notre Dame history as a football program. Oh, they're just they're getting all the Chicago kids. And that's been a huge part or was a huge part of their success. I would like to think that Shrewsbury's, you know, Big Ten history, the state of Indiana history, they could get a little bit more now what from
3: a local standpoint. What led to kind of the decline of Mike Bray? I mean, a great I I, I don't know anybody that dislikes him. Yeah, I think in a way,
0: Jake, it's a bit similar to Butler. You know, you could make the argument. I know Chris Holtman had a nice, you know, stint there at at Butler, but you could make the argument that Butler maybe did not capitalize on the back-to-back national title trips as much from a recruiting standpoint.
3: Right, you know that was their
0: opportunity. Again, Notre Dame didn't get to title games, but they got to two straight elite eights, and they just didn't capitalize on that from a recruiting standpoint. And I think Bray just—I know this sounds harsh, but Jake, I think he just kind of threw up the white flag a little bit. And, you know, he thought that how he was kind of building a program could continue to be that way. And, you know, we don't need to recruit necessarily a big guy. And they just got dominated in the post on a frequent basis in the ACC, dominate on the class— and I just think the ACC kind of wore them down after that two year run when they had, I mean, they had great perimeter players, great athletes. Pat Coniton was a wonderful player for them. Jerry Grant, Demetrius Jackson, Steve Asturia, uh Bonzi Colson, you know, they were, it was a really nice makeup. I just think they lack a little bit of juice. And in South Ben Jake, if you aren't bringing it from a win loss standpoint, that fan base ain't showing up at all. And that's why I was a little surprised that Shrewsbury took the job. Not to say Happy Valley. They're they're showing up night in and night out for him. Um, but, man, I really hope he comes
3: on the show. That would make me happy. If Which one comes on the show? Michael Shrewsbury. Oh, he probably will, right? Especially if he knows you got no shirt on. 239-1070, uh, Christian joins us on the program. What's up, Christian?
10: Hey, hey how's it going, man? I just have a, a couple things I want to touch on. Uh, as far as Jarnell Davis from Gary, Indiana, what do your guys take on him? How far do you think the team can go? And then another point I want to touch on, Bob Ritchie at Furman University just turned down Wichita State. I'm not sure how you, if you guys follow the Southern Conference, do you think that you should stay? What's your point of view? Love love watching and listening to you guys. Have a happy day.
0: Appreciate it. Um, Christian's getting into the weeds there a bit. Yeah. Um, John o. Davis, I've really enjoyed watching Florida Atlantic. I thought it was interesting, Jake. We had Kyle Nenrip on earlier this week. He mentioned how you know that was the year that you know COVID hit right what right after sectionals, if I'm not mistaken. And John o. Davis was a member of the Indiana All Star team, but yet you didn't have those games. And I think you get this with the Indiana All Stars a little bit. You kind of get to those corners of the state. Guys make the team, and then they show up for those games and they really impress, even though you didn't hear a lot about them. Part of it is just, again, corner of the state bias, and we just don't pay as much attention to those. And, you know, in John L's case, um, you know, not the biggest school either, so you didn't hear a whole lot about him. But, you know, listening to Dusty May, you talk about a guy that has no fear and has kind of a takeover ability late in games. Um, I know they're really balanced at Florida Atlantic, but I, that region in general, Jake, I have no idea. If you told me Florida Atlantic would be in the Final Four, I'd say, yeah, i I I could probably see it. If you told me Tennessee, if you told me Michigan State, if you told me
3: Kansas State, uh, any of those
0: four teams. You know, the thing about
3: Davis, if you look at what he said after their game when they got into the Sweet 16.
0: Everybody's cussing, by the way, nowadays, postgame. Matherin cussed last night.
3: You know, one of the things, on a side note, one of the things that drives me bonkers is when athletes or coaches are being interviewed by a female and they say, man. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, Uh
0: uh-huh, mm-hmm.
3: I get it. It's a it's a figure of speech. I get it. But regardless. I'll tell you what, man. This donut is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Davis, I think, is fueled by – I think there's a little bit of that Gary-like chip mentality. And I like that. You know, I mean, what did he say after their game? I've been trying to prove this from day one. And I think that fits well with Florida Atlantic, for example, because – Florida Atlantic's not the first program you think of in the state of Florida when you think of college basketball. It's not one of the first four. But they're in the Sweet 16, and I think that that I've been overlooked type mentality is perfect. And and it's worked for them, and I think it works for him. I I think that's absolutely what he kind of uses, and, and I love that. I like that internal drive and that sort of personal, like, perseverance mentality.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, Jake, I bring up that COVID year for him in high school. Um, I think they had a really good team. And unfortunately that season, you saw a lot of teams obviously have great years and not be able to fall through with the tournament run due to COVID. If I'm not mistaken, I think they beat Cathedral that year and won sectionals and could have got on run. So maybe we would have you know, known him or got to know him from a you know, regional standpoint a little bit more. I was thinking about this for Saturday night, Jake, in the state finals. Flory Badunga is you know, a top five player in his junior class. He's uncommitted. That's kind of rare to, first off, have a guy playing in the state finals ranked that highly and then not have his college decision made. You would think Gamebridge Fieldhouse on Saturday night would include some... Heavy hitters? Right. Is Tom Izzo there if Michigan State loses
3: tonight? By the way, in regards to bob ritchie and Furman, i it would be totally disingenuous for me to say that i'm that i watch a lot of that conference right i do think that timing and placement is everything when it comes to coaches finding opportunities elsewhere i realize money talks but um greg marshall did a heck of a job at wichita state but i think there's probably a lot of programs especially with them joining new leagues that you would be better off to wait for another opportunity that's just my thought did someone take
0: the wichita job
3: um I don't know if anybody's. That's a good question. Actually,
0: sounds like Mike Bray. No to South Florida.
3: That's what you said yesterday.
0: God, it continues to get colder in here. You care if I turn turn up the heat? <laughs> and, and I mean literally, not figuratively.
3: Yeah. What are you gonna play, like mood music? We had mood lighting yesterday. No, I'm Sam's on the
0: ones and twos over
3: there. Um, I can't remember now what I was just gonna say before we started talking about. I got segued you know, on Furman. Not the first time. Yeah, I know. Well, it's my the, shirt off has no led to people on. and all. I mean, that alone has completely thrown me off. I'll think of it later, and it'll probably be the best point that I'm going to make all morning.
0: Scotty tweets at me and goes, "So what you're saying is Mike Bray's the Ballard of college basketball?"
7: Um.
0: I, I guess he's maybe he's getting at the stubborn aspect to it. I, <laughs> I, I, I just think Mike Bray reached a level of contentment and thought they'd continue to get on, be on the same runs. I, I think you could make an argument Mike Brace reached a higher level of coaching, team success, and Chris Ballard certainly has.
3: Do you think people have a full appreciation of what I've been dealing with this morning and staring at this? As opposed to what I deal with for 15 hours a week? It's different, though. What you're dealing with is access to a mind that can take you wherever you want to go. What I'm dealing with is... Filing cabinet. My...
0: That's what my dad calls your
3: brain. <laughs> that's right. And then... I look over, and, and what I see at you uh, is just—you <laughs> got no shirt on. You got a squirrel hanging out in your chest, and you're eating donuts. That
0: sounds like a hell of a Thursday. <laughs> sounds like a hell of a Thursday to me.
4: Sam Fritz, any objections? I just appreciate the dedication so much, so that your solution to it being cold in here was to turn up the heat, as opposed to just put the shirt back well, on. Well,
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the Harangody jersey isn't the most, you know. <clears throat> I don't have any sleeves on it. What was this, a large? I was trying to see what size it was. It does look rather long. But, Jake, when you see pictures from, you know, that, that era,
3: you know how long their jerseys were and their shorts? The things shorts. Were, things were playing in capris. The long shorts. It's funny. I remember when the long shorts were a thing, and it was like, man, how did anybody play in those John Stockton shorts? And there's some truth to that. But – some of the shorts got so ridiculously baggy. What? What's You can't go between your legs with them. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen the, the picture of the kid that played at George Washington that had the shorts on? That... See the shorter fella? <laughs> yeah.
0: The picture going around the internet, I feel like, last week was Chris Kramer at the foul line in the Big Ten tournament, and I mean, he literally looked like he was
3: wearing sweatpants. Yeah, I mean, some of them, it was pretty ridiculous. Uh,
0: no ridiculous this here just a man following through on his words from yesterday and you didn't think it was going to happen that fast did you I was I was a bit surprised I got nervous there I didn't think Notre Dame would make the commitment from a buyout standpoint slash the like now again it helps to your point Jake it helps that Michael Shrewsbury has plenty of ties here to the state but I don't know if you're Shrewsbury couldn't you have held out one more year and gotten like a top
3: 10 or 15 job well but then you run the risk of what happens if you got to cash in right
0: like, how about this? Who's Texas going to hire? Is Texas just going to promote the interim? Or is Texas going to open it up? And if they do open it up, would Michael Shrewsbury on be on Texas' list? Or, or would he have been?
3: It's a good question. I mean, that's because they, they'd pay for sure. But Texas is a tough job, man. It, well, Texas is basically Penn State, but it pays more. Right. Gosh,
0: is it though? I mean that state of
3: talent and
0: I know but I mean, think from an NIL standpoint. But I think
3: Shaka Smart's a really good coach, Kevin. And what did Shaka Smart do there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point.
0: All right, uh time for a morning checkdown.
3: The morning check down.
8: Omaha! Omaha! Omaha!
5: Omaha! On 935
8: and 1075 the fan.
3: College basketball tonight. Things getting underway, 6-30. Michigan State, the seventh seed. Kansas State, third seed. That will be on TBS. And then shortly after that on CBS, it'll be Arkansas and Connecticut. That's an 8-4 matchup. Second half of the doubleheader, TBS, Florida, Atlantic, and Tennessee. And then the nightcap, Gonzaga and UCLA. That is a nine forty five approximate tip on CBS. Going to be a late night.
0: Going to be a late one for sure. Looking ahead to tomorrow night's. So it'll be Thursday, Saturday, and then Friday, Sunday for the respective games. Tomorrow night, it's San Diego State and Alabama at 630, Miami and Houston at 715. So both of those matchups are one seeds against five seeds, the one seed in each of them favored by seven and a half. The late games tomorrow night, Princeton and Creighton at nine, and then the nightcap is Xavier, Texas. Kind of an interesting note, Jake, on Thursday for Friday. Tonight's games, I want to say all the spreads are five and a half or less, maybe even four and a half. Friday night, you've got three of the four
3: games are at least seven
0: or more on the spread. Uh, Texas is a four and a half point favorite over Xavier.
3: Last night in the association, Pacers 118-114 over the Raptors of Toronto. Andrew Nimhard, one of Three Canadians to start in the game for the Pacers. That's an NBA record. The other two being Benedict Matherin and O'Shea Brissett. But Hard was sensational. Hit a three that sealed the game late. He had 25 points, 10 assists. Miles Turner added 16 as the Pacers are now off. Then tomorrow night they are in Boston to take on the Celtics. Pacers now 33-40 and 40 on the season. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, Denver, Miami, Golden State. Golden State had a controversial win over... Dallas. Mark Cuban's appealing. I was it.
0: Tweeting about it, yeah.
3: Philly, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Portland, and the Lakers all winners. Uh last night, leading score in the NBA was who? Uh was not Andrew Nemhard. I think it no, might no have way. been it might have been a guy that played high school basketball in Indiana. Really? Yes. Uh Romeo Langford. That's an excellent guess. Uh <laughs> cumulatively, Romeo Langford has thirty seven points on the year. For a game last night. Jane Jer- Ivey. Jaron Jer- Jackson Jr. of Memphis, thirty seven points and ten boards. <laughs> That is a big night for him. Jaden Ivey's a good guess.
0: Was John Morant, was that his first game
3: Yes, he came off the bench. Came in off the bench. Had 17, I think, in that game.
0: Uh, Zach Kiefer going to join us at the top of the hour. He was over at Ohio State yesterday for the C.J. Stroud Pro Day, so we'll chat with him about that next.
1: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesempta.com
8: It's Kevin and Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: Okay. Okay.
4: <laughs> this was not my suggestion, to be very clear. I was told to play mood music. Which, that's what Jake said. I am here oh, doing no. my job. That, that was not a
3: request. It was a very flippant and sarcastic suggestion. This song, by the way, George Michael, one of the most underappreciated talents of his era. He wrote that song when he was, I believe, 14. 14 or 15. Really? Yeah, and then he and Andrew Ridgeley eventually recorded it together as Wham! before Michael's solo career. Someone mentioned that, Kevin, your body looks like a
0: 14-year-old, huh?
3: <laughs> no, no, it does not look like a 14-year-old because a 14-year-old has the metabolism to burn <laughs> off anything. I've actually seen the two donuts yeah. immediately
0: yeah they're just sitting there impact Mm -hmm. that's correct yeah Uh uh-huh on that end of it uh you surprised we haven't seen any names in the portal from Bloomington or West Lafayette Bloomington more than West Lafayette
3: Bloomington I would anticipate
0: I mean I know it's very early but it
3: is um you know Geronimo at the beginning of the year I didn't at one point there was even didn't he even say that he was exploring the portal and then decided to come back for another year
0: yeah, he was definitely looking into transferring. I was a little surprised at the fact that Trace, Jackson Davis, and Race Thompson came back, that Geronimo did come back. Um but, but it sounds like there's gonna be some subtractions from Indiana, which, you know, might not be the end of the world, and also obviously a lot of additions, or there needs to be a lot of additions. I mean, you know a guy that I thought that Jake I kind of look at their roster and think there's not this ready-made fill-in for that I think is an important guy that they need to make sure they realize needs to be replaced. I I felt like Miller Cop kind of turned into a really important guy for them late in the year. I'd and, agree with that. And I look at their roster, Jake, I don't see this, you know, 6'5 six, 6'6 six, six shooter that would step into that. It, you know, at times I kind of look at Anthony Leal and think gosh, is he just like slotted into the preferred walk-on role almost with how they view him it, you know maybe cj gunn becomes a consistent shooter for them but i do think that is a guy that helped certainly stretch the floor and you know when you aren't going to have a Tracy jackson davis type presence in the post anymore malik renew i think can turn into a really nice player but i think making sure you surround shooters is Between, still something that you need
3: if you look at their roster This would be my, okay, let me give you a couple of names here. Caleb Banks, Malik Renu, uh, Geronimo, Tamar Bates, CJ Gunn, okay? If I gave you the over-under of two on players that throw their name in the portal off that, would you take the over or the under?
0: Yeah, give me them again. Gunn. Geronimo, Banks, Bates,
3: Renew, Geronimo, and Gun. Boy, I'd I
0: like to push and put it right at two. I'd say right at two. I mean, if you're Renew and you're Banks in particular, aren't you about to get great playing time? I mean, if Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis are leaving, they're bringing in no post guys from from a freshman standpoint. Well They obviously will have some interest in the portal,
3: I, I, gun is one that it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, Tamar
0: Bates, you could make the argument. I mean, didn't Greg Doyle say he was going to drive Carson Wentz to the airport? There's probably some people in Bloomington that would like to drive Tamar Bates to the airport.
3: I have heard, and I not completely reliably. I mean, like secondhand, but I've heard that I don't know that there would be. I don't know how high the level of disappointment would be if Tamar Bates put his name in the portal that that might be like an addition by subtraction deal just in terms of like a chemistry issue i i've heard that second hand i'm not i I don't know that emphatically for certain i don't know tamar bates
0: jake i don't know if i i don't agree with this at all dustin says miller cop is a key reason we didn't get out of the second round inconsistent and couldn't get it done when needed i I, boy i didn't feel like miller cop played like that the other night i mean he shot you know he had one three that Probably shouldn't have taken, but hit a couple open shots. He I think was,
3: Kopp is the one player that kept defenses honest it, enough exactly. to and, draw away from the middle a little bit. And that's what
0: I'm getting at. You know, I mean, he was big in West Lafayette. I mean, he was pretty good against Kent State. I thought he was fine in the Big Ten tournament. I I just think it's another reminder of when you know when you start to put the puzzle pieces together. Did, that's did, a piece that I don't feel like you should forget about.
3: Did you tell your wife you were going to do the? show shirtless
0: no i feel bad max kind of had a rough night and i just you know i thought me exiting the house shirtless she would have probably wouldn't have appreciated
3: what 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 do you think she would have said what would have been her counsel if you said you know i i think i'm because i I made a comment that i'd take my shirt off if notre dame hires michael strewsbury Uh so i'm gonna do the show shirtless tomorrow in front of jake for three hours and also for the youtube audience Right. Like, what would her reaction have been? Is this,
0: by the way, is this safe on YouTube or have we gotten, have they taken us down? <laughs> the, for the broadcast day? is still on air, okay. if that's what All you're right. asking. Um. Yeah, that's a good question, Jake. She probably would have said, just don't get fired. Which, I don't know, maybe I should have ran this by the higher ups before. Should I have? Isn't this about the time they start I mean, to
3: enter the building? I, I mean, you had a PBR and a Longs Donuts the other day while we were in here. Nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was a
0: really good PBR,
3: crisp. <laughs> I noticed news, you had honey. a you had a PBR last night to celebrate. Yes, also, uh-huh. had a nice nice
0: cold one there. Um, that was worthy, but yes, uh, in driving down to Bloomington later today to teach class, I didn't feel like. Throwing one back was pro- probably the best thing to do.
3: Yeah, that that was probably a good call. Now you will put your shirt on for that. Rhythm, yeah, right? uh huh. Yeah, I do. Now when you Should have, I wear the hair and goatee jersey to you, teach today, when you are teaching to the kids about the proper, you know, aspects of broadcast journalism and professionalism, will you divulge to them that you just got done doing a live radio show as the number seventeen mid market morning show in the country? Wow, we're uh, rising. What were we, oh, we're twenty two, aren't we? Mm-hmm. That's right. Sorry, as number twenty two. Uh, are, are you going to divulge them you did it shirtless?
0: Uh, luckily, I don't think they wake up until – usually it's about halfway through my class, actually, is when they when they tend to wake up a little bit. So um, I'll probably keep that between – you know, Um, I've got Bob Costas' niece in my class. Really? And I guess um, he might be coming to speak next week. Talk about a person that is probably, she is from, not, probably hasn't done too many interviews with the shirt off in his Is day. she
3: from St. Louis? She is from, I believe, California. Uh, Bob Costas, when I worked in St. Louis, every person that I met in the broadcast industry, Bob Costas, for those that don't know, got his start when he graduated from Syracuse. And if you ever want to know if somebody graduated from Syracuse, uh, sit next to him for 20 seconds. But Bob Costas, uh, his first job was with the Spirit of St. Louis. He was the the radio play-by-play guy for the Spirit of St. Louis and still lived... I I think still does live in St. Louis and was living in St. Louis when he was doing like baseball game of the week and that kind of thing. And every person that I met in the broadcast world in St. Louis, the first thing they would say to you is their connection to Bob Costas. I mean, that which speaks immense credit to him. But I mean, literally, it's like you know, so you know. So how long you worked here? Five years. But you know, uh, first first uh, week I was here, I helped Bob Costas with his uh, taxes. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, literally every person had a had a Bob Costas story. Now he is still doing. Does he still do like the? Last year he did playoff game, right? That's right. He did do a playoff game. it been a, and that was the first time he had done one in, in some time, right? I, I think a lot of people thought. That when he was doing that game, that he got too historical for too long. Yeah,
0: I, I thought there was a little bit of pushback on that
3: end. Uh, I mean, he's obviously one of the best of the best.
0: Nick goes, holy hell, Kevin, you have a body of a 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not one of my bigger compliments.
4: <laughs> now, Kevin, you do understand that not everything's a compliment, right?
0: Well, I, you know, I don't you know. Hey, ma- maybe Nick could... Of withheld that I'm standing info. up
4: for you. Like I, I, I do want you to be confident in what you're doing, but I just want to make sure. Are you saying I should live in reality a little bit more in in this specific situation? Jake, I saw a great analogy that I
0: feel like you would appreciate yesterday. Uh, someone referencing free agency and what it does for an NFL team, and I feel like this applies to the Colts. Free agency. 32 teams have different levels of migraines and free agency is taking an ibuprofen or two. That's fair. I think that's fair. You fire's going on at the house. You calm it down, but you don't totally put it out. Yeah. And I feel like Chris Ballard says we've got migraines and we're just going to fight it naturally. I think oftentimes he does not elect to go to the medicine cabinet Enough. I mean, we're now nearing two weeks into free agency and I still think about the support for a young rookie quarterback and I don't really see a whole lot of moves that have been made there.
3: Kevin, there's not a lot of areas where I, I I don't know, I think I've been pretty fair with Chris Ballard. Um, Maybe I don't as often as I should speak up for the times that I agree with Chris Ballard, but I think the free agency approach is one of them. I think it's actually pretty responsible, and I think more often than not, when teams overspend, when teams make a big splash in free agency, they're overspending. I mean, sure, there are players that you know, the Jaguars. The Jaguars go out and get a receiver for Trevor Lawrence, and everybody's like they completely overpaid for Kirk. And you know what? I mean, he made big plays for him.
0: That's what I'm getting at, Jake. I think at times you put too much emphasis on the draft, and when you have a draft, and we talked about the 2019 draft yesterday, ten guys in that Colts draft class, only one remains when you have had that when you haven't won a division in eight years when you're drafting fourth overall you've got to do things differently and you've got to make tweaks and adjustments and i don't see that and i'm not saying you need to have spending sprees like ryan Grigson had in 2013 or 2015 but i think you need to be more active than you've been
3: now aside from you wearing your shirt this or not wearing a shirt this morning um can you tell that I'm like that? I'm nervous this morning. Do well, I, just I seem? Just, do I, I just seem? Notice you just
0: kind of like rolled up your sleeves, like nearly over your hands, and it's almost like I you're just in, like that. These you're these, in prayer motion.
3: These sleeves have the little thumb thing, uh-huh. and I find it comfortable.
0: But where uh, Where are the nerves coming from?
3: Well, I had told you this, but I, but I want you to tell me if you think of how many pets do you have, Kevin?
0: Um, none. We uh we had a dog growing up, Rudy passed. Rudy, R U D I, girl dog. Um she passed when I was a sophomore in college. Okay, which is
3: the worst, right? Yeah. Uh so you guys don't cry. I mean obviously you have children.
0: No, but. yeah, you know I a little bit of an allergy. Okay. Um but you know obviously I know you can get around that, but I tend to think that just young pets with young children I'd probably be running around 465
3: naked so should i (laughs) break the tank uh should i tell people the reason why i adopted an animal sure
0: i I know it's quite the it's quite the story so should we break come back and do that all right and Uh,
1: i'll
3: I'll offer my confession
0: uh zach Kiefer also joins us at the top of the hour
1: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection
8: You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: It is 10 minutes before the hour, 9 o'clock. Zach Kiefer going to join us in about 15 or so. Uh, Kevin is shirtless because Michael Shrewsbury has been hired by Notre Dame. And he had, I'll give you credit, you stuck by your word.
0: Got to. That's the only way we're going to move up in these rankings, Jake. <laughs> okay. Somebody's got to do something.
3: Uh, so last week... I was driving to work. This is terrible, and I, I apologize for those. Um, hopefully, it has a happy ending. But I was driving to work. Obviously, it's early in the morning. It's dark out, and um, uh, unfortunately, hit a cat. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even admit that. I, I it was awful. Fortunately, it was uh, it was a fatal injury, but it, the cat did not suffer. But I did stop, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" and and won't go into detail about making sure that that was that the right things were done, but I, I, I the right thing was done in terms of like I didn't just leave it, you know what I mean? Like I didn't just drive off. But I felt terrible about it. I've never been a cat we had a family cat growing up. I always had did you ever have a cat, Kevin, no. in your family?
0: Uh, no, my neighbor did. Oh, I forgot to sorry, I forgot to put the Need to make sure the chair has a cover here. I forgot to put Kevin my jacket got up. on the chair.
3: Kevin got up during the break to go down the hall and did have the common courtesy to put his jacket back on. You <laughs> you never on know
0: floor. you're going to see Sean Copeland coming down the hall. I don't know. I'm just thinking about other people.
3: So, at any rate, it, it was horrible. I mean, I felt absolutely terrible about it. You were very,
0: very shaken up.
3: It, it was. It was. Yeah. It was really sad. And I, I've never been a cat guy. I mean, I, I like them just fine. My parents have a cat. We had a cat growing up that I that I liked a great deal, but I've never been that guy. Uh, big dog guy for sure. Just animals in general. I love animals in general. But um, I, I I wanted to see how I would respond to it or whatever else, and I just couldn't get it out of my, my mind, quite frankly. And so on Tuesday, I went to the Humane Society on Michigan Road and essentially walked in and said... Do you have a cat that is of an age or a color or whatever that has made, that has limited their chances of adoption? And they said, well, we have one guy that's nine, which is basically my age, right? He's 50, essentially. Uh, we've got a nine-year-old that came here from Indianapolis Animal Care. He's been in the shelter five months. Only two people have visited him. They probably say this about every pet. Um, and I said, well, what's his? And they said, well, he's a little shy. Uh, you know, again, like me. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. And I went and I mean, I have a, you know, I have an extra room, extra bedroom, the whole deal. And I turned it into, you know, I built like a little cat play area and a couple of nooks and crannies. And so I go litter box action litter box. Yeah, I know. That's the one thing that I'm like, "Eh." um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm basically going to adopt this cat and bring him home and say, all right, it's me and you, bud. Like have at you run the roost if you will hang out as much as you want to hang out if you just want to do your thing and stare at the birds outside all day then so be it it might not be much here but it's got to be better than the crate you've been living in for the last five months or the the area you're living in
0: what's in the cat play area
3: uh well i have so i cleared out three different window sills in the room um i i Actually went and bought one of the little cat trees, which I'll probably never use, right? Like the multi-levelled thing. I've got a couple of boxes for him to sleep in, um, and just areas that like look comfortable. Me. I have a spare closet that I'm like, you know what? I'll just clean that out. You can hang out in there. I'm an, I am fully assuming I go to pick him up today, mm-hmm. and he's move today is move in day.
0: And we are giving a name, or we are taking on name. He
3: he already had a name. Now again, I have no idea how legitimate you know, they they tell you the background is. Uh, a, a, supposedly, I mean, I'm assuming the Humane Society is up front, he, his owner passed away. So he did live in a house for the first eight years of his life, and his name was Boo because he's an all-black cat. Hmm. Apparently, people don't want to adopt black cats because it's bad luck. Um, I don't believe in that. so
0: Boo, like the Northwestern point guard, right? Boo, that's Boo. correct.
3: Now, that I kind of like the name Bo also, but I'm going to stick with Boo because that's his name. It's not my job to, to rename him. So, uh, Boo moves in today, and I'm my, my fear is that he's going to be like one of these cat horror stories that you hear. Like, what if he's like one of these devil-spawn cats that just goes crazy and shrieks and starts sh- scratching me constantly? Or he might be just, like, completely chill.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be the latter. It's funny, you, you think know. think so? I hope. It's funny you bring up that, you know, the mentioning of the cat. Obviously, the circumstances are not ideal, but walking into the studio today with my shirt off there were a lot of people making cat sounds at me as i was walking in <laughs>
3: well you could purring. have you could have one living in your sternum again as i mentioned i, I actually noticed it looked like there might have been one on the back as well <laughs> just so you know i you know that what do you're what, what are you inferring there? well after 30 i don't know if you know but a lot of that hair starts to it it basically treats your shoulders like the Donner pass and it starts moving over <laughs> As it as it uh, they you know, they become the the hair Yeah. Uh huh. The hair basically becomes uh snowbirds well, and was, begins to move south.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's well said. I was hoping I could take some of that hair and maybe put it on the top of my head. <laughs> but maybe I can talk to some people about getting that figured out. A uh, very nice gesture, what you're doing. The Humane Society has been fortunate to go over there um, a few times for different community events and it's wonderful what they do and um, you were understandably very beat up about that last week. It was so. awful, man. It, uh, was, it was. I hope terrible. you find a little bit of relief, if that's the right word,
3: in what yeah. you're doing here. Um, Jake, I own two cats, fifteen and nine, respectively. Good luck. Mine are pretty chill when it's not the middle of the night. They are outdoor cats, though. Apparently, this one has been. Uh, per, they believe an indoor cat for the for his entire life. So I kind of like Bo query Yeah, like I like the name Bo. I feel bad, like, I basically, I'm going to, I'm just going to say to him, like, hey, man, like, here you go, have at, and I'm anticipating, and I guess people who have ever brought home a cat would be able to advise me on this, but I'm anticipating that I probably will not see him a lot for the first, probably two to three weeks, right, like, hiding under the bed or something like that, and I won't see him, I don't know. Have Will they no venture idea. to
0: Shannon's place at all or is this gonna be a
3: now, well we got three dogs there? Ooh. Okay. So that's yeah. probably uh huh. Probably not in the works. Although uh her dogs I think probably would be fairly cat friendly, but you know, because the cat's nine, the, apparently Boo, this cat, they do think might have lived with a dog at some point, but um he's fairly independent at the shelter, so they tell me. I, again, I don't know. I hope he likes Seinfeld.
0: Well, I've, I've had a few pictures of, of George that have been sent to me uh, this morning.
3: <laughs> Seinfeld. It's so. the timeless artist seduction, Kevin. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. uh, Zach is going to join us here a few minutes. Zach was over in Columbus yesterday for C.J. Stroud's Pro Day, and then I believe is en route to Lexington. Will Levis's Pro Day coming up tomorrow. It does sound like the Colts, the only person they sent to the Stroud Pro Day was Mike Lacey, one of their... Can you
3: not stretch with your arms up, please? You have no shirt That's the
0: first time you've looked at me all show. Well, as I can tell you, it's going to be the last. It's 8.57 in the morning. Do you not stretch? Of course I do.
3: When I'm clothed. Sam has had no issue with any of my (laughs) stretching today. Okay. Sam's staring into our bright studio YouTube lights and can't see us.
0: Uh, I believe Zach did mention in his story yesterday from the Ohio State Pro Day that Mike Lacey will be the only rep. At will only Colts rep at the Will Levis pro day. Do you make anything out of the Colts sending just oon scout to
3: C.J. Stroud
0: and Will Levis' pro day?
3: That's interesting, um, especially with Levis. Now, do they are they allowed to do? Did you say can they bring them in independently?
0: They can. Yeah, you got top thirty visits. I you've mean, got then that's private workouts. That's that That's probably can do.
3: prioritized.
0: So Carolina's bringing what ten people, and the Colts have one.
3: Um. Carolina looked like I did they bring the mascot yesterday I mean honestly Frank Reich's like following around Frank Reich looked like he looked like he was looking for his puppy yeah I mean he he looked Frank Reich looked like at CJ Stroud's pro day what I would look like if I got backstage passes um to watch the warm-up for Guns N' Roses like videotaping the whole thing and yeah he looked like me at the Masters with Tiger totally totally
0: Yeah. Um, all right, we'll chat with Zach Kiefer coming up next about the sights and sounds over in Columbus yesterday.
1: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about kisimta And check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
8: you are listening to kevin inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan all right our
0: next guest i believe joining us right now has
3: his shirt on yes that's correct because that's what civilized people do
0: well it's certainly behind the wheel i mean i i had my jacket
3: on driving into
0: work this morning uh, zach Kiefer, zach are you currently en route from columbus to lexington
11: where am i right now um so this is my Midwest tour this weekend. I'm in Columbus right now. I got to teach my class in Bloomington later today, and then I'm in Lexington tomorrow to watch Will Levin. Look at that.
7: How, uh,
11: how
0: far is that drive from Columbus to Lexington?
11: Um, It's not a good drive because you either have to go through Cincinnati or basically go back to Indy, so it's like three hours. So I don't recommend it.
3: Now, did you feel in any way, shape, or form, Zach, like yesterday, and and I this is going to come off the wrong way probably. Was there any point where you were like, why am I watching C.J. Stroud because there's no chance the Colts are going to get him?
11: Yeah, to a degree, sure, Jake. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know if I should make the trip, right? I mean, the Panthers sent 12 people to this pro day. They took C.J. Stroud out for dinner on, fr- on Tuesday night and then watched him throw. I mean, like how many times can you guys remember an owner and his wife traveling to a pro day? Like David Tepper and his wife, Nicole, were here. Frank Reich, Josh McCown, the QB coach, Thomas Brown, the OC, Jim Caldwell, the senior assistant. Now, it's another thing because the Panthers have the top pick, and everybody knows they're going to take a quarterback. So they're not really laying any cards out there that really affect their choice because they get to do whatever they want. The Colts only sent one area scout, Mike Lacey, who is going to be here anyway to CJ Strauss Pro Day, and Mike will be the only one on there in Lexington on Friday. So – to answer your question, yeah, but then again, you never really know. You never really know in this league, and I've learned that, been in this for a little while. For a while in 2016 and 17, like I never really thought about quarterbacks in the draft. And then all of a sudden the franchise quarterback retires, and all these guys that the Colts had been scouting a little bit as they come out of the draft were becoming available, you know, Carson Wentz, etc. So you always want to have a little bit of intel on these guys, and I just think it's fascinating because – it's not so much what you see with C.J. Stroud's workout for me yesterday. It's the scouts I can talk to that are there. Marvin Harrison was here. Marvin Harrison Jr. put on a show. There's a lot of people and a lot of things you can see at, this, at the pro day that go beyond just C.J. Stroud, who at this point seems to be seems to be headed to Charlotte. So,
3: how much of the workout were you able to see as media? I mean, did you guys have to sit on like the opposite side and then you only could come in at the end, or were you able to watch the entire thing?
11: Yeah, so I've been to pro days where you can literally walk anywhere you want on the field and it's great. You can get a great view of the 40 of the bench press of all of that stuff. This was not one of those pro days. Ohio State basically corralled the media and in their defense there was probably 200 media there. It was it was a circus. It felt like the combine to a degree. So we were off to the side, but we could watch CJ Stroud's entire throwing session. He threw about 50, 51 passes over about 30, 35 minutes and I'll give him credit you know, a lot of pro days are scripted to just show what the quarterback can do and not show what he can't do. This was this was a tougher workout. He threw a lot of balls that were challenging. It wasn't just a highlight reel. And he wasn't perfect. He missed a couple. He wasn't great throwing to his left. Um, he underthrew Marvin Harrison Jr. on a couple. But overall, the, the rhythm and the compact throwing motion, it, it's just very smooth. The arm strength's not a question. He just looks like, the safest of these four quarterback picks at the top
0: yeah I would say like highest floor is kind of how I I view things with CJ Stroud again Zach Kiefer from The Athletic his latest is from the Columbus Pro Day some great comments in there from Marvin Harrison we'll get to here in a second you know as you mentioned Zach just Midwest area scout Mike Lacy at the Pro Day by the way Mike Lacy's worked his way up within that organization very nicely um he was uh the only representative for the Colts In Columbus yesterday, and it sounds like based off what you said, he'll be the only one in Lexington for Will Levis. What do you make of that? Like, I get that Chris Ballard isn't the most abundant pro day viewer. He certainly goes to some of them, but I guess I am a little surprised you don't see like a Jim Bob Cooter or position coaches. I mean, it's not like Ohio State only has C.J. Stroud. It's not like Will Levis is the only Kentucky prospect. There are obviously a lot of other draft prospects um, with both of those programs.
11: Yeah, I'm a little bit with you on that. It, it's a little surprising. Like, it's not a huge deal, but it's also not nothing. Like, Ballard doesn't go to a lot of pro days, but he goes to some, right? And he went to Notre Dame's in 2018, and that's really where he decided, after watching Quentin Nelson run down the field, I got to take that guy if he's available at six. And he went to Cincinnati last year, and he really liked Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, but then also decided that he liked Alec Pierce, the athlete, and took him in the second round. So... It isn't nothing if Ballard doesn't show up, and and I don't really understand the reasoning, to be honest, because it's three hours, right? And you can hop in a car and you can be there, and maybe you're going to be picking high next year and want to see Marvin Harrison. But again, I don't think you need to see Marvin Harrison to know he's going to be probably the third overall pick next year behind the two quarterbacks, but I I don't understand it. It's not a huge deal. Nick Cassero wasn't there. Houston's GM, Houston's head coach wasn't there either in terms of D'Amico Ryan, so you know they're very much in the C.J. Stroud, you know, group, right? I mean, they could realistically, that's very possible for them at number two. And they weren't there. But a lot of GMs were there. A lot of head coaches were there. 30 of the 32 teams were represented. There was probably 100 scouts. And there was probably 20 to 25 head coaches and GMs. A little strange to me that the Colts, who were just three hours east, were not on hand. But then again, maybe they don't want to lay their cards out that much. But, again, if you're interested in C.J. Stroud, that doesn't really tell teams a whole lot. Everybody knows you need a quarterback. So we'll see. But, you know, there's nothing they can't get in terms of information. Like the information, they're going to get the video. They're going to have their scout there with the numbers. Mike Lacey had all the numbers yesterday. Um, they're going to they watch these guys at the combine. But I do feel like there's some value of being there, of being on the field, of being – I mean, Frank Reich was four feet behind C.J. Stroud the entire throwing session. And even brought out his phone at one point to take a video or a photo. Like, I think there's something to be said for being there, but that's just me.
3: Zach, who do you believe will draft third? The Indianapolis Colts. And you, so you think they're going to move? He, here's my thought on it. When do you think they will move up?
11: Yeah, and and
3: yeah, let's go with that. When do first off? When do you think they'll move?
11: I think at some point, Ballard's is going to have to stop waiting stop playing defense and start playing offense and and I don't think it's a sure thing that they take a quarterback in the first round I don't think it's like a hundred percent I think it's like 99 95 percent I think that's a draft week move I think that's a move you make once you solidify your guy and you decide there's no way we can let this guy slip past us or we can let someone jump in front of us we'll see what Seattle Detroit what they what they do and I think Florida's pro day which I believe is next week is going to be telling because There's a lot to like about Anthony Richardson, and I talked to his college coach last week. But there's also the tape, and the tape tells you this guy's not ready. He's not a first-round pick. He shouldn't even be out this year. I think he should go back to college. But this happens every year, and Ballard knows this, and Ballard mentions this a lot. These guys get pushed up. Now, if he gets pushed up, who's going to go get him? And I think the Colts need to stop playing defense and start playing offense. And They might need to call Arizona and say, we can't take a gamble. We can't take a gamble and let someone trade up and beat us to our guy because where does that leave the colts like royally screwed but wouldn't that Zach your guy wouldn't
3: that and i'm stating the obvious here but for the colts to move up one spot that simply would be the result of them believing am i correct in saying clearly that there is that big a gap between the number three and the number four quarterback
11: Yes, and that's the fascinating part, Jake, because that's what we don't have a clear answer on. And we
3: don't know which one is the one that they would lean towards as the number three right now, right? I I personally think it's Levis,
11: but I don't know that. You know, I'm going to have a much better sense on that tomorrow. Just being at Kentucky's Pro Day, I'm going to talk to some coaches, just seeing him throw up close. As compared to D.J. Stroud, which I saw 48 hours earlier, I think you can gather a lot from that. You know, well, Levis has this huge rocket arm, but can he make the, the out routes? Can he put it right on the money like C.J. Stroud was yesterday? That's going to matter to me. He'll have come in for a top 30 visit, visit with the Colts as well. And all these quarterbacks will. But to, to kind of answer your question, Jake, I don't think the Colts think there's a ton of separation with any of the top four. Like in that, I mean, nobody has really distanced himself from the other two beats. And maybe C.J. Stroud has in the Panthers' minds, it sure seems like it, based on them sending 12 people up from Charlotte on a private plane. And I believe that plane is headed for Tuscaloosa today to visit with Bryce Young and watch him throw. So they're doing their due diligence. I get it. But I don't think the Colts feel like there's a guy that's way ahead of everybody else. So what the interesting part is what you brought up. Well, eventually you're going to have to stack your board. You're going to have to rank these quarterbacks. And assuming you don't get the top two, how much of a gap is between three and four? And is four a guy you can't live with? If four is a guy you live with, you can probably stay at four. I don't love that move, but you can do that. If you don't feel like there's much separation between Richardson and Levis, you stay at four. But there's such different quarterbacks, and they're at such different stages of their career, I really find that hard to believe. So I I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of a gap at the end between three and four. And the question you have to ask yourself is, can you live with four or do you really need three? And this team hasn't drafted this high in 11 years. They haven't drafted a quarterback since Andrew Luck in 2012. It's time to go get the quarterback that you want, not someone else's, you know, leftovers in another sense. They've done that the last couple of years on the I veteran couldn't market agree more and it, it hasn't worked out. So we'll see what they do, but I think you're right, Jake. I think it comes down to that three and four gap.
3: So, Zach, in terms of – Zach Keeper's is our guest, by the way. You can read his work at The Athletic. He is on the Payless Lickers hotline. In terms of – The the Colts brass, I want you to to give for me, divvy up the responsibility or the power of who's going to make that decision of that pick between Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen, Jim Bob Cooter, assuming it's quarterback. Um, The percentage influence for each of the four adding up to 100 will be what?
11: That's a good question, Jake. I like this because this is an interesting element to this decision. I'm going to go Ballard. You know 50 60 percent but I'm going to give Steichen about about 20 25 percent because if you look at the history Chris Ballard has done one thing he has for the most part given his coach the quarterback he wants right um Philip Rivers in 2020 Carson Wentz in 2021 now Matt Ryan was more of a unified Jim State decision in 2022 but then even this most recent one with Gardner Minshew of course that was a Shane Steichen input so Chris Ballard does a pretty good job of listening to his offensive head coach and giving that coach the quarterback he wants. I don't think Jim Merce will be that involved until the very end, and I think he's going to go with what Chris Ballard thinks. I mean, Jim Merce will have his voice heard, right? This is the quarterback. He's always said that I like to stay out of things until it's a quarterback or head coach decision. That hasn't always been the case. But with this one, Chris is the one doing all the work. Shane's the one doing all the work. I think they're going to lean on those two. I think Shane's gonna have about twenty five percent, Bauer's probably gonna have about fifty percent, Cooter, let's go ten percent, and then whatever's left for Ursay. But I think Ursay really in this position is just gonna give the stamp of approval at the end. It's not quite the same situation as they've had in the past, where they're literally at the top of the draft and they have two guys to choose from and two guys are very obvious candidates. This is a little bit more muddy and and I just I don't think I don't think is gonna get that involved. But we'll see what happens because you know In this town, that can change very quickly.
0: I want to go back and again, Zach Kiefer is with us here, Payless Slickers Hotline. Just quickly, going back to that third quarterback, fourth quarterback debate, third pick, fourth pick. You know, you think back to that 2018 draft, and Baker Mayfield goes one, Sam Darnold goes three. You had Buffalo trade up from 21, I think it was 21 to 12, and then traded up again from 12 to seven. And they sat there and said, we want to be the team picking Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. And I get that Josh Allen and Josh Rosen is about as far ends of the spectrum as you could get. So I don't want to act like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson would be at those ends of the spectrum. But I I guess I'm just letting people know there's precedent for teams saying, all right, we don't, to use the phrase you use, Zach, we don't want to wait for what's left for us on the shelf. We know it's going to cost a little bit, but we want to pick what is on the shelf and not have someone pick for us.
11: Yeah, and that's the rare circumstance. Let's sure, be clear. Sure, sure, Everyone's sure, sure. throwing out the Josh Allen trade-up. Buffalo deserves right. all the credit in the world for that. And everyone throws out the the, the Patrick Mahomes comp, right, because they traded up to 10 or 11 or whatever to get him. And that's a great point because – what did Buffalo give up to go get him? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter at all because you got the guy, and you've got the guy for 10 to 15 years. Same it's more thing of just being in City. control.
0: It's more of just you're the, you've done all this homework, be in control of the selection.
11: And if there's yeah.
0: separation with the two, that obviously plays into that. Uh, Zach, I did want to touch on the piece that you wrote last week, which I thought, I think it was last week, was really good. Uh, you chatted with Billy Napier. Florida's head coach about Anthony Richardson obviously the fascination with Richardson is extremely well documented what were some of your big takeaways from talking to uh, Billy Napier
11: yeah he he sort of peeled back the curtain on who this kid is And, and we have to remind people this guy's like 20 years old so he's still so young and he only started one year at Florida and there's a lot there's a lot to like on the tape and there's a lot to make you worry is he just an athlete no but It's a big step, and this is a guy you don't want playing in the first year in the NFL. But, look, he had more control at the line of scrimmage than a lot of people realize, and I think that's important because these athletic quarterbacks sort of get knocked for that. And and even in the spread systems that so many quarterbacks run in college, how much control did he have? Did he ever take a snap under center? Was it all shotgun? Richardson did have a lot of control at the line of scrimmage. I wanted to know more about him, the human being, and, and a lot of people know that, you know, he would ride his bike around town and, and take his little brother to school and stuff like that. But after a, a loss to Kentucky, I mean, this guy was as bad as he's been as a collegiate. I mean, Anthony Richardson was really bad that day. And a lot of quarterbacks probably wouldn't have faced the limelight and wouldn't have faced the music with the media. Now, quarterbacks in college, they don't have to talk to the media. He wasn't required. The SID that he said, you don't have to talk. But he said, look, I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to go face the music. And he went up there and said, this is on me. It's not on my teammates. I didn't bring it today. And basically owned the entire loss. And that matters in the minds of decision makers in the NFL because that's the position you're walking into. We've heard that story from Chris Ballard years ago. Before he was even with the Colts, the first time he really understood how different and unique Andrew Luck was was after the Chiefs beat the crap out of the Colts. I think they sacked him 10 times that day, completely owned the line of scrimmage. Luck went up there and said, this was completely on me. I need to play better. And Ballard was up in the press box saying, this dude is for real. So it's not just the football stuff. It's the accountability. And Ballard brought that up at the combine. I think that's important. That's, that's something that really matters to the Colts. And so that's a good snippet into who Anthony Richardson is. But there's so much more in terms of the tape that you can convince yourself this is a guy and he's going to be an absolute star. You can convince yourself he's going to be a bigger Lamar Jackson. But you can also look at the tape, and you have to, and you have to look at the sobering parts of it and say, this guy is going to be a wild card. And I don't know if he's ever going to be as consistent of a thrower as he needs to be in the NFL.
3: Zach, is there any possibility that – and it feels like every team now is discussing this and they all think they're outsmarting everybody else, or at least every fan base. You know, Hinton Hooker out of Tennessee, who is a little bit older – but had a dynamic year for the Vols before he got hurt, and I know that there's question mark coming off of that injury. But is there any chance that the Colts say, you know what, we're going to stick it for we can get a player in an area of need and get the best player at that position because everybody else is going quarterback early, and then in the second round take our shot at Hendon Hooker? Any chance that thought process is there?
11: Yes, let's let's think about this, Jake. Let's think about who's making the call, right? If they don't feel like their guy is at four, and I mean a quarterback, I could totally see them picking a non-quarterback, probably a defensive player. There's two studs in this draft, and then and then maybe moving up late first round for Hooker, or waiting until the second. They have the second for the you know the fourth pick in the second round or whatever it is. I could totally see them not forcing that first pick. And I don't think. I'm glad you brought this up. Like, I don't think we're talking about this enough. Now, I know the city would probably riot that night, that first-round night, if the Colts don't take a quarterback. But, I, you know, Hooker's a guy that could come in and probably have to sit and rehab for a year, which is probably the same thing you're going to have yeah, without the I rehab mean, for, for Levis or Richardson. And if they really don't think there's that big of a gap, I don't think they're going to force it with one of those first two As opposed to waiting and see if they can get Hooker late. I don't know what they think of Hooker. He's coming off the injury. He's not able to do all this stuff right now that the others are. But don't rule this out because we know this team, and they're not going to force it unless they have to.
3: Okay, what about the possibility then that they say we've got some – pit. you know, we'll, we'll load up on line or rush or corner or whatever and Gardner's our guy for another year.
11: Yeah, you know who might not say that's okay? The boss the owner i just don't see like jim mersey is going to be okay with that because it, it, then you're then then the the conversation pivots if you don't take a quarterback in the draft then it's like why the heck aren't you talking to lamar jackson right yeah. like i feel like it's been really strangely That's quiet with him yeah and then and then maybe after the draft teams you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna show your cars and you're gonna have a little bit more desperation and i know the price is a lot i know you guys have probably discussed this a lot on the show but can you really sell this fan base on Gardner Minshew? I think it's a great signing for what it is, but don't make it more than what it is.
0: I'd say on the hooker front, I'd be a little bit more surprised if he got all the way to 35 where the Colts picked. Yeah, in the second I think everybody round, seems
3: know. to start jockeying that you know, way, Somebody
0: right? in the 20s you would feel like would, would draft him or trade up. Um, okay, last one, Zach, um, and appreciate the time. By, as,
3: by the way, somebody just walked by in the hallway and did a double glance, Kevin, just so you know.
0: Was that anybody of importance? No. Got they a little look nervous. Uh, I might need to put the jacket back on. Uh, Zach, l- last one. Um, do you think Jim Ursay would need more convincing on Lamar Jackson or Chris Ballard?
11: Good question. Um, my gut tells me Chris Ballard. I feel like Jim Ursay. Do I'm, you think I'm financially Ursay would do it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think, I think, and we talked about this last week in the press room, I think league precedent. I think the, the responsibility that owners have in their minds, I'm speaking for them, they don't want to start this guaranteed quarterback thing. And Ursay cares about that. And Ursay cares about, you know, he's always talked about being a steward for the league. And um, I don't think he wants to be the second guy after Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland to start this trend of paying quarterbacks guaranteed money. Now, Jim Ursay has shelled out the biggest contract in NFL history twice before. Remember after Bill Polian stormed into his, lock, his office and said, we're not going to sign Peyton. We're never going to get this deal done. We need to trade him. And Ursay said, no freaking way are we trading this guy. And then secondly, in 2016, when he paid Andrew Luck, I believe it was $140 million over six years. Like, he's done it. He's shelled out big money for quarterbacks. There's no problem with that. It's the guaranteed part that I think gives him a lot of pause. And then for Ballard, you know, this is a real part of it. Lamar hasn't finished two consecutive seasons, and he's a little bit smaller And the durability thing for a GM is concerning, especially when you're giving this guy, let's say, $50 million guaranteed each year over whatever amount of years you sign him for.
3: Zach, I keep saying the quarterback position for Chris Ballard was like me with algebra at Indiana University. Eventually, IU said to me, listen, you've staved this long enough. The time is now. You have to take this class. (laughs) And it feels like Jim Irsay has said to Chris Ballard, We've we've held off long enough. The time is now. You gotta address it, right?
11: I don't know if Chris thinks like that. Like I and Well, that, I didn't think like that until I you told have, me like,
3: I had to, Chris. Or right. Zach, you know what I mean?
11: Right. We all have bosses except for Ursay. But I, I just I feel like Ballard is just he is stubborn and if he doesn't feel like it's the right pick, I don't think he's gonna force it. We'll see. Now these there's a lot to like about these quarterbacks, but you're right and, and I just I just feel like he might he might resist if he doesn't feel like it's the right guy.
0: Zach, great stuff yesterday at the Ohio State Pro Day. Looking forward to the coverage from Lexington. Safe travels through Cincinnati. And uh, thanks for uh, for the time this morning.
11: Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Zach
0: Kiefer, right
3: down the payload. You know slickers. that drive, when you make the drive from – actually, I think it's Lexington to Louisville now that I think about it. This is so odd to me, Kevin. They They have a historical marker sign on the side of the interstate. It's actually from Lexington to Louisville. That just says, Site of but... fatal bus crash. It's like a historical marker. Like, you know, it's like Abe Lincoln's childhood home. And there was a terrible bus crash. I think it was 1988 with a, a high school bus that was on a field trip. And, 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 I mean, terribly, I think 18 young people lost their life. But I always thought that was weird that they would, like, have a historical marker sign for it.
0: Yeah, and, like, not necessarily of the, like, in-memory
3: right. of right angle. Um, but that's... You know the, I will be curious to see that next time we talk to Zach, you know, or or just in general, what the representation from the Colts is with Levis, and if it is higher or less than.
4: Well, I mean, according
0: Stroud. to what he said yesterday, it's just going to be Mike Lacy, their area scout. Which again, I don't want to put like too too much into it, but I am kind of curious because Jake, Ohio State's going to have how many guys drafted? It's not just CJ Stroud. You know, there's a lot of prospects right. you'd want to get intel into every time we have this quarterback conversation I'm just reminded that I mean this year will be the seventh different starting quarterback and let's say it is Minshew Jake you could be looking at eight straight years
3: yeah you're right if if Minshew starts right
0: Scott Tolzien in 2017 Andrew Luck in 2018 Jacoby Brissett in 19 Philip Rivers in 20 Carson Wentz in 21 Matt Ryan in 2022 Let's insert Minshew for week one this year, and then 2024, Anthony Richardson.
3: I had sent this. Do you think that would near an NFL record? No. Cleveland's got to have that record. Right. Well, for consecutive seasons. Eight straight years? I, yeah, and, right. Jake,
0: they're all different. It's not like you had an injury. You know, It's not like a guy tore his ACL in training camp and then came back the next yeah. year and started two out of three years.
3: I sent this Kevin since it was CJ you know, Ohio State pro day yesterday. Now this is a, a tweet that I sent in 2000 in the beginning of the 21 season. So this would have had another year added on to it. so there might be a few players that that have have been in play since. but from 20 or from 2003 to 2021, nine players were drafted by the Colts out of Ohio State and entering the 21 season, Four of them had a cult season where they played all 16 games. None did so twice. Of the 432 possible games, among them they appeared in 248 total. Like the, the and that's not a knock on Ohio State. Know, or what, it's just it's, the law it, of averages. It's it's, crazy. it's a wild,
0: wild, crazy fluke. What everyone describe it, and you know Jake. The, the name that we probably don't talk about enough in that light, who will be back with the Colts this season and win healthy, I think he's been a very trustworthy and important piece to their defensive line, is Tyquan Lewis. I mean, Tyquan Lewis has played five years in the NFL, and he's reached double-digit games one time. And you think about Lewis, back-to-back years, right around Halloween, torn patella. I mean, those are big-time injuries for him. Uh, we've got one donut left. I'm going right. to pass. I'm going to I'm gonna be mature. I'm going to pass.
3: My appetite passed because I've been staring at you shirtless for the last two hours and 28 minutes.
0: You said someone was in the hallway?
3: Yes. Th- they did a double take? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I would say the latter. It was not someone. I, well, I, I shouldn't say that. Every coworker is of importance. It's not someone that I recognized as being like a, a, a manager.
0: I think I should put on the hair and goatee jersey for the pop quiz.
3: <laughs>
0: and I'm just a little chilly. Is that are you guys I'm, good with that, or would you guys like for me to Kevin go ahead and ride this out Kevin, for three hours?
3: Because you're shirtless, I hate to tell you that we could tell you were chilly without you verbalizing it. No oh boy, how about <laughs> just, that visual?
0: <laughs>
3: just so you know,
0: painting an incredible picture here. <laughs> the Jay YouTube Query.
3: audience has been aware of your chill for the uh-huh. last hour.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, could cut glass at this point. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's let's that's let's hit a morning checkdown, please.
8: The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. It's
1: on. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: Jake. The Heron jersey. Thank goodness. It's on. I mean it's still horrific but thank goodness. Uh, last night Pacers 118-114 over the Raptors. A- Andrew Nimhard sensational 25-10. Had a huge three late that kind of sealed it for Indiana. Miles Turner had 16. Pacers also set a record. First time in NBA history that three Canadian players started on a roster for the same team. Those three players O'Shea Brissett, Andrew Nimhard, and Benedict Matherin
0: if not mistaken Jake they each of them combined for the first seven points of the game two for the Pacers cool. um, so yeah again wins at this point I get their people that are on two sides four and a half
3: points after the exchange rate by the way
0: uh, two sides of the fence on that uh, but if you are going to have wins at this point of the season what you want to see is your young guys making big plays late and as Jake said Nemhard did that 25 and 10 Benedict Matherin as well um, so good to see Nemhard respond from a poor game on Monday like he did. And Matherin, since he's been back from injury, he's been very efficient as a scorer, which is not something that has been um, the case for him
3: throughout this rookie season.
0: Uh, Jake, tonight we've got the Sweet 16 games. Your favorite game of the night is what?
3: Probably that night cap. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, you know, UCLA and Gonzaga, it's hard to argue that. Although, you know what? Uh I know that's a game you're really looking forward to, so I'll take another one I think it's going to be good. Arkansas and Connecticut's really intriguing because I think it's going to be high-flying, very fast-paced. And Michigan State and Kansas State might just simply be the best matchup in terms of teams that could stare each other down. But Arkansas-Connecticut, 7-15 on CBS. Michigan State-Kansas State, 6-30 State, on TBS. Florida Atlantic, Dusty May's group taking on Tennessee at 9 o'clock, and then that Gonzaga-UCLA game at 9-45. I assume, Kevin, I spoke correctly for you. Gonzaga-UCLA is the matchup you're most anticipating.
0: Yeah, but like you said, I think Arkansas-UConn is kind of a sneaky one as well. Um, and then the Madison Square Garden region, that east region, I mean, those two games to me are, are really open. You know, I'm, I said this in the 8 o'clock hour, the Thursday night games, from a Vegas-aligned standpoint, much closer than what you have tomorrow night. Tomorrow night you've got a little bit bigger gaps with Alabama playing and Houston playing, although I could see both those underdogs covering. And then Creighton, I think, is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over
3: princeton i'm looking at the pop quiz i really like the first question scotty came up with
0: oh
7: really
3: there's zero chance zero and i'm saying that with a, with a zero yeah i heard uh, that zero chance that anybody well multiple choice for number five so i guess people would have a shot but otherwise no chance really yeah Unless they shop at costco kind of
0: i think this jersey looks great
3: the jersey looks much better than your bare, your, your bare chest.
0: Scotty, should I stick with the jersey or go back to the um, shirts and skins to close it out? Oh, I'd stick with the jersey. <laughs> he says stick with the jersey. I'll see how this goes for the pop quiz, and then we'll. You're asking from there. Scotty
4: if he likes the, jersey
0: wears. The, I mean, for, come for on! The final <laughs> segment. Yeah, the, the man who always is rocking one. Uh, all right, we'll do the pop quiz next. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. What'd you say? Over under? Kokomo brings eleven thousand to the building boy it's probably about right that's got to be one of the more anticipated 4a state title games in a while i'd agree with that you think about the town of a place like kokomo and how much they adore their team the and people just want to see him play The intrigue of flory badunga the fact that again he is an uncommitted junior and then ben davis does that shock you at all jake we've had 14 undefeated state champions and only one since 2009 a little bit like a great Class A team, it's also just kind gets of surprising.
3: There's only been 14 when you think about the total annals. Although, you know, obviously, how many more would we have had pre 1996 in Class Basketball?
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, so in the last 13 years of Class Basketball, we've only had one, yeah, and that was a 4A school. That was Warren Central,
3: who beat you know Romeo Langford.
0: I always it thought it was funny
3: that I went to the largest school in the state that in the single class system. The largest school in the state that I attended had two sectional titles in a 12-year span and was not a good basketball program, but they went to multi-class to alleviate from the big school domination, and then it was in the multi-class that North Central finally won a state. Couldn't do it in the single class, but then they became dominant once they went to class basketball.
0: I think, um, again, Bobby Allen going to join us tomorrow. He was on the Cathedral State Championship team in 98. How long did they do that tournament of champions? Two years. Was it just, just two, two years? So they lost to Pike in the tournament of champions. Rodney Smith, Chris Thomas is a freshman on that Pike team. I got about
3: Rodney Smith. He's a good player.
0: Cathedral led by Ryland Hange. But, yeah, I was uh, thinking back on how long they did the tournament of champions. Just too much overlap with college, Indiana All-Stars didn't
3: draw. draw. I mean, North Central beat the Class A team, I think, soundly the first year, and people were like, oh, boy. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to have, I guess, a little bit of semifinal feel
0: to it. Um, All right. It's time for the pop quiz. Jake, you said it's impossible.
3: No, question five's tough, but um, the rest of them, I think, manageable. Number one through eight. Uno
0: fast fingers sam fritz is who that is don don yes don how you doing this morning man oh real well don (laughs) you a notre dame basketball fan
10: um i'm a iu basketball fan um notre dame i i like all the indiana teams ah you're you're
3: the you're a windbreaker guy aren't you reversible jacket yeah eh? reversible jacket you go notre dame football indiana basketball right uh, you got it.
0: <laughs> well, I probably, that's better
10: if I would wear that today. Than and yet you went to Ball State, right? Uh, no. Okay. No, I didn't happen to go to college, actually.
3: That's cool. Uh, what What high school, Don?
10: North Montgomery over by Crawfordsville. Oh, that's sure. cool.
3: You've called the program before, right?
10: I, I called, uh, yesterday. I didn't get through, but. Uh, North is, Bond, is that where,
0: uh, DJ Bird went and played at Purdue probably a decade ago?
10: Yes, it is.
3: Are they the Chargers? yes okay and don uh let me ask you this when you were in high school who would you say was the most popular band that you listened to more than any other in your senior year in high school when you hear this band on the radio you instantly feel like you're back in your in your dodge charger driving as a charger to high school what what band boston Mm -hmm. so you graduated in what like uh, 77
10: 76
3: (laughs) okay um I, I, listen, Kevin. Do you ever thank yourself that you have access to sit right next to this filing cabinet, <laughs> Don? Pray for me, man, if you believe in prayer, <laughs> Don. Uh, now, Don, what line of work are you in now?
10: I work at UPS. I fuel semi tractors for the drivers. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Uh, you
3: sound like a nice fellow, Don. Would you like to come to our PBR party if we get together to, and Diet Cokes are fine uh, to watch sports and drink PBR or Diet Cokes? I'll promise to wear a shirt.
10: Uh, yeah, probably so. If I, you know, if I'm not happening to work or something like that, maybe. <laughs> All right. I love
3: That's it. Good. I hope Don goes five for five. I do too, Don. Would you like, for me, that would be Jake, or would you like for Kevin to lead you off with question number one? Um, I'll, I'll try, Kevin. All right.
0: All right, Bob. Number one for the Northmont product of schools in the Power 5 NCAA conferences, only two have never won an NCAA championship in a team sport. One of those is playing in the Sweet 16 of this year's men's basketball tournament. So who is national champion lists across all sports? Is it A, Tennessee, B, Texas, C, Kansas State, or D, Miami? see. Basically, Don, whose athletic program stinks? I think
3: Don's phone broke up for a second there. Which one did you say, Don? I, I say Kansas State. Okay. Man, smart dude. Question number two for you, Don. Princeton is just the fourth number 15 seed to reach the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Who was the last to do it? Was it Oral Roberts, St. Peter's, Cleveland State, or Florida Gulf Coast?
10: Can you say the last – oh, there's a question.
3: Okay. The last number 15 seed to reach the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts, St. Peter's, Cleveland State, or Florida Gulf Coast? <laughs> <laughs> it was last year.
10: St. Uh, Peter's.
3: I heard him. Don's phone's yeah, breaking know. up a little bit, but I heard him say St. Peter's there. Kind of smart if he yeah.
0: purposely muffled and just said a couple answers, and then we just picked the <laughs> one that <laughs> was
3: right. Uh, Don,
0: good start. Number three here. Luka Doncic scored 30 points in has loss to the Warriors last night. It's his 41st 30-point game this season, breaking the Mavericks franchise record. Whose record did he break? A, Dirk Nowitzki, B, Jason Terry, C, Rolando Blackman, or D, Mark Aguirre?
10: Dirk Nowitzki.
3: Okay, question number four for you, Don. Don's just average against Golden State actually dipped slightly last night. He entered the game averaging 30.2 points per game against the Warriors, the most for a player who's played 10 or more games against the Warriors. Who is second on the list? Who also played for the Warriors? Uh, Michael Jordan, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, or the Iceman George Gervin?
10: George Gervin.
3: This guy also played for the Warriors. Uh, Michael Jordan, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, or the Iceman George Gervin? Oh,
11: um, <laughs> Damian Okay. All
0: right, to close it out here, Don, who is the first to be named most outstanding player of the NCAA men's basketball tournament in consecutive years? Is it A Bob Curland, B Lou
3: Alcindor, C Jerry Lucas, or D Alex Groza? Go with the first guess on this, and by that I mean the first one that was presented to you, Bob, or Don. The the first name that Kevin listed off there. Uh, we'll give you the options again. Bob Curland, <laughs> Lou Alcinder, Jerry Lucas, or Alex Groza? And Bob Curland. <laughs> okay. Go nice work. Looks
0: like me with Max last night at the dinner table. <laughs> nice work. Um, Don, I do want to uh, apologize. Justin tweeted at me and goes, North Montgomery, not North Mont." as a former Charger myself, that irks us. It, was Mont, not correct?
10: For which uh, one? That, that's right. It's North Montgomery. Okay, I was just trying to get a
0: little nickname there. I, you know, he went to North Montgomery. I thought North Mont, maybe, but is there a North also,
3: Don?
10: No, there's there's North Montgomery, uh, three high schools in the county. It's North Montgomery, Crawfordsville, and South Mont. That's why they don't want it being called North Mont is because South Mont was our arch rival. Got and, it. Yeah, okay.
0: Got it. Apologies to Charger Nation. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Don, uh, great start today on the pop quiz. Um, the uh, the Basically, again, the athletic program that has no national titles in any sport, it is indeed Kansas State.
3: Virginia Tech is the other. And Don was correct at St. Peter's last year, the last number 15 to go to the Sweet 16.
0: Scotty, on number one, Kansas State, Virginia Tech, wasn't it Mississippi State too until they won the baseball? National title just a couple years ago. That surprised me. Like an SEC athletic program like that. Okay, number three is where he slipped up. Uh, Luka Doncic, 30, 41st 30 point game this season. He broke who's record for the Mavs? Jake, not Dirk Nowitzki.
3: Mark Aguire, the pride of DePaul in 1983 84. Uh, Kevin Thanks, Durant was question number four, and Bob Curlin was correct for question number five.
0: I'll take the Heron Gody jersey back off for the final segment. No, minutes,
3: no, so. no. Leave it on. It's fine. Looks great. Never looked better. You are listening to Kevin
8: Inquiry on 93.5
3: and 107.5, The Fan. Honestly, I commend the loyalty of your word by taking the shirt off when we got here to celebrate Michael Shrewsbury's hiring. Uh-huh. Uh, but once you put the jersey back on, you're good. The commitment well, has been met.
0: Jake, I think you know we've had these big-time meetings with you know important people within our building. They tell us that the average listener – it typically can be kind of in a 14-minute span, I believe is the number. So, you know, just in case we have people that are just now joining us in the YouTube stream, I want to make sure they got the same image that those at 7.02 got.
4: Now imagine after Spreading the, show out today, the love. Boss Man calls into the office and says, Kevin, here's the deal. We have that 11 o'clock today, Jay. We didn't, we didn't really appreciate what you did, but the listeners loved it. The shirt's got to stay off. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to get
3: some HVAC in here. Uh, and probably at that point, another co-worker right
0: you'd be done i again i have noticed today the eye contact
3: from you has not been as consistent well, i wouldn't say that that's necessarily a strong suit of mine to begin with right
0: yeah your eye contact <laughs> is kind of like um isaiah mckenzie new colts whiteouts dependability <laughs> from a drops standpoint <laughs> that's probably mm-hmm. accurate <laughs> but again as isaiah mckenzie is very talented with the speed you are very talented at what you do playing that
3: off without the icon wait what was that again that's you know but thank you um you know I am intrigued though Kevin to see back to talking about the pro day deal you know yesterday it certainly looked like the Carolina Panthers were watching the guy that they've already decided they're taking number one
0: yeah Frank Reich had a look in his eye Jake not you did not have a similar look in your eye when you saw me at 7.02 this morning. Uh, but, the, yeah, that was a look. Um, and we'll see, you know. Do they do something similar with Bryce Young today? Will Levis tomorrow? Anthony Richardson next week? I'll be keeping my eye on that. When, when do you think the last time, you know, you've had the four major college basketball programs in this state have coaches that I would say all four fan bases feel really good about? and Mike Woodson, Matt Painter, Thad Mata, and Micah Shrewsbury?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I guess you
0: go back to Katie Digger Knight and.
7: Yeah, but
3: you know then uh, you Tony, had, Tony Hinkle. Yeah. I don't know well, if Tony Hinkle's
10: that long, but.
3: Yeah, Barry Collier. Yeah, that's probably right. I was going to say, I was thinking, you know, Mata being from Illinois is the curveball here. How about this? When's the last time that you had f- five major programs in the state that were coached by somebody that either played high school or college ball in the state of Indiana? You know that's
0: like tossing Michael Lewis in there.
3: Yeah, with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, between Ball State, Indiana, Purdue, yeah. Notre Dame, and then Butler, if you if you add the college caveat.
0: Yeah, I'm obviously super, super excited and thrilled about it. Um, Jake, who's going to be thrilled tonight? Who's going to be going to the Elite Eight?
3: Boy, that's a really good question there. All right, here, Sam
0: Fritz. Anybody you like in particular tonight? Any of
4: these four games stand out? So, I, and I've made a lot of right calls, so I'm Ooh. feeling pretty confident this March Madness. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say great. And I'm not just saying that because in the studio, but I really do think Florida, Florida Atlantic, can be the team that upsets Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Uh, Michigan State is a pretty strong choice too, but I actually would see them falling tonight. That's a five-and-a-half-point
0: spread, by the way. Tennessee favored over Florida Atlantic. I'm going with Kansas State as well. I, I'm, I'm with Sam Fritz. I'm going K-State. Okay. That's a one-and-a-half-point spread. I think the Kansas biggest State toss-up favorite.
3: game, but Gonzaga-UCLA's tough, right? I think Gonzaga will win that game.
0: Again, Gonzaga, they seem to be certainly playing their best ball of the season here late. UCLA, their second-leading score um, got hurt late in the season. Um so it's like okay have they been tested to the point where you know that could be an issue that causes them to lose you know Northwestern that was the late game on Saturday Jake UCLA and Northwestern that was a much closer game than I think I I know UCLA got off to a great start in that game but Northwestern had some chances to potentially yeah upset UCLA so that one's going to keep us up past midnight
3: UCLA is a little dinged up they are well coached um Arkansas-Connecticut is a fascinating game because I do think Connecticut's a better team. But Arkansas is playing okay. Um, but I think Connecticut, Kevin, you had said at the beginning of the tournament that you thought Connecticut was sneaky good. I had said at the beginning of the tournament that I thought Arkansas was sneaky good. So I'll take Arkansas in that game. I'll say tonight's winners are going to be – I do think Kansas State wins. Kansas State, Arkansas – All
0: three of us go in Kansas State.
3: I know. And, and, and that's probably foolish, right? Kansas State, Arkansas, Tennessee, Gonzaga. Watch yeah. me go 0 for 4.
0: I, I'd flip Arkansas and UConn. Yeah, I understand that. And I'd love – I mean, my heart is saying Florida Atlantic, but Tennessee, that was impressive what they did with It Duke.
3: was. Yes, picking Tennessee over Florida Atlantic, to me, simply – is showing the respect I have for what Tennessee's done, not the disrespect for Florida Atlantic.
0: Who's got the biggest squ- the biggest crowd in the Garden tonight? Michigan State, Kansas State, Florida Atlantic, or Tennessee?
3: Michigan State. Tennessee. Tennessee Scottie be- votes for Tennessee. Is this the first time Tennessee's played in the Garden since Indiana played them in the NIT back in 1985?
0: I was going to say, if I knew my Tennessee Garden history. <laughs> well, I'm going to get one more stretch and <laughs> the show. Just yeah, one okay.
3: more. Let yeah. me know when you're done. Get the back to crack one
0: last time there, and boy, great ventilation. I tell you what, it's been a while since I've had my shirt off in a public setting from 7 to 10 a.m. Sam, are
3: we done with the shirt with the stretch?
0: Oh, the stretch, yes, okay. and oh, the show almost. They have the show. We got about 10 more seconds. For I was the YouTubers. Out I was there. done with that two and a half hours ago. Uh, thank you to Scott Agnes, Zach Kiefer. We'll recap everything tomorrow from a Sweet 16 Elite Eight standpoint preview Friday as well. Everybody have a great one.